Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 334. My name is John Morgan, and Cole Coffee is with me. Feels like it's been forever, man. It's been right? a couple of weeks since we've been together, but here we are at the the, the, the sprawling estate yes. here at the Casa de Cold Coffee. The Thank expansive grounds. Thank you guys for letting him in. Thank you for letting him in. <laughs> the expansive grounds. I see that the pool has been uh, all oh, manicured yes, and handled. Man. And they fixed the filter. That shit's running like a champ. <laughs> I'm ready to go out there and be like one with the nature and be all free willy like. <laughs> free and your willy is that? Like. <laughs> I look like a fucking whale going oh. through the fucking water. <laughs> I thought you said you were going to go out there and free your willy back oh, there. Oh, you know free my willy. <laughs> well, I wait till it gets dark. I'm not going to do that in daytime. My fences aren't high enough. And somebody might put, you know, the telescope to yeah, see. They've got the telescopic the gardens. lens on you got to go past the gardens, <laughs> you know, over top the treetops, past the tennis courts, past the basketball. Well, you can never be too careful. And then careful. you find my small penis somewhere. <laughs> <in there. laughs> wow, what a way to get started. Yes, sir, the MMA Roadshow. By the way. Uh, new Brought tagline. <laughs> we always like to we always like to talk about the consistency that we have. You know, we're the only we're the only show that comes at you every single week, week in and week mm-hmm. out for 334 consecutive mm-hmm. weeks. But I got a new I got a new thing to, uh, to 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 advertise a new hallmark for us to hang our hat on, and that is how about this? The only mixed martial arts podcast featuring two leading televised play-by-play <laughs> announcers. You see what I'm saying? Whoa. I mean, Whoa. you know, you, you got me Whoa. this past weekend. I was out there in Tunica, Mississippi for CFFC 99. Meanwhile, Cole Coffee made the trip out to Sturgis for the Lingerie Fighting Championships. Not just one, not just two, Whoa. three consecutive three nights for Cole Coffee. Three so events back to back to back. I guess that's jumping in, jumping in to the fire right? that's Just it man it i love it so you know i said last week i, I let you off the hook because i knew i knew you were scrambling to get everything ready to go for the trip and and i knew that you were a little uh a little on, the, on the nervous side and i yeah, you know people yeah. sent people sent good thoughts uh, your way but uh overall give us the report i mean i'm sure everybody listening right now did indeed buy the pay-per-view and tune <laughs> oh, yes, in so sure. it seems kind of three days it I seems kind of silly that we're recounting but i mean let's go ahead and get the the, the recount how did, yes. how, how did the debut well you know play-by-play play experience go you know i was a little nervous attending my first super spreader event and uh <laughs> so far so good on that front you know i have not grown any uh third or fourth appendages anywhere <laughs> legs extra legs extra you know whatever um they were expecting a lot of people out there, right? They were, and there was uh, Sturgis did get uh, more. And again, Sturgis is the overall rally, so that's the city, the downtown area. There's a lot of stuff going on there. And then where I was at is the Buffalo Chip, which is one of many campgrounds there. Right. So the Buffalo Chip has been going. This was the 81st Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, and it was the 40th anniversary of the Buffalo Chip, the campground where wow. we were at. So um, that campground had... Um, music, you know, like the night before uh, I got there, I think it was Kid Rock or like uh, ZZ, uh, ZZ Top or something. It all sounds like motorcycle rally oh, type total playlist there. Dude. I mean, I mean, like the the music was strong, and it was it was like the kind it was like you know you had to be very fucking manly to do it. Like the <laughs> like the night that I caught it, the first night was it ended with like. Uh, who was it? Black Label Society and like Anthrax. It was oh, like we're fucking going hardcore, thrash metal. Dude. All right, like, all right. I mean, uh, so it was cool. It was cool in that sense. But yeah, I mean, there was there was certainly uh, COVID does not exist in South Dakota. So as <laughs> soon as you got out of the airport where you were mandated to have to wear masks, as soon as you went outside, the first person I saw next to the shuttle to take me into this Rushmore Hotel in um, in uh, Rapid City. Um, 
no mask, no mask anywhere. No, you couldn't fucking see a mask anywhere. <laughs> couldn't find one if you tried. Could, could not, and if you did, uh, a Harley would just stream by and just rip it off your face. Smells like freedom. Uh, it does. <laughs> um, so, uh, so we get there, you know, we get there, and and it was camping out. So that was good to be camping out. You know, I hadn't been camping out never. You know, it was kind of funny. As I joked about, I was like, man, we're fucking roughing it, and we were pretty much roughing it camping. I hadn't camped in a while, but there's something cool about getting out and camping when you hadn't done it for a while because yeah, you yeah. just feel rusty. I felt rusty setting up the tent. I was just like, what the fuck, you know? But sleeping in a bag and all other kind of stuff. But that first night, um. That we got there, maybe it was the second night. It was Wednesday night, so I guess that would technically have been the first full day that we were there. Um, we were sitting outside, and just the stars were so bright. Was there was like you. no like noise pollution at all. So like I'm looking up, and you could see the fucking Milky Way, That's cool. you know, streaming across. And then uh, somebody was like, "Oh, was that that was, that was weird? I thought I don't know if that was a bird that just screamed by because like the light reflected really weird." And we're like, "Oh, that's you know." I was like, "Well, bats could come or whatever." And then we saw another light. I was like, "Dude, that's not a bird. No, that's a shooting star." And they were like, "Oh, really?" And the, and then we started paying close attention. Then we saw another one. That's then cool. another wow. one. Then another one. And then I was like, "Dude, this is not normal." I know we're out here and we're close to the 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 stars or whatever. So I looked it up online, and it was the the night for the Percy. Uh, Media showers. Oh wow! I know I'm butchering that name or whatever, but the P E R S E I D. I just always say Percy uh, media showers. But dude, it was the the fucking annual cool. crazy media showers. So they were just streaming across the sky. You're like, oh, there's the Big Dipper, the Little Dipper. You could see everything so clear. So there was a moment where I was like, of course I was nervous. I was like, man, I'm nervous about doing this event. Also, you know, I didn't know what we're gonna expect, and you're just roughing it again, and you're just like, what the hell? Because even the place we were staying at. There was power, but only when we turned on the generator. Right. So I brought a lot of stuff for, like, solar charging and all that other kind of stuff. Um, but to see something like that, I immediately started just sort of feeling more at ease. Because then it yeah, was just yeah. like, okay, this is not something that you're going to get anywhere. Nah. Even when I've camped up at Mount Charleston, it was nothing like this. Because there's still so much noise pollution from Vegas and so other cool. stuff being by. So that was really, really cool. You know, and uh, I was able to, one of the days, we didn't catch anything, but I was able to go trout fishing one day and... You know, so outside of just the craziness of being there, trying to do these events, there was moments where I got to sort of, you know, uh, just have like downtime and just time that we don't get here, you yeah. know, just sort of reflect on shit or whatever. Um, but as for the events, so the camping stuff was cool. I mean, there was definitely parts where I was like, fuck, I'm too old to be sleeping on the ground. <laughs> you know, so luckily I had a little air mattress, but there were by by the end of the day, you know, my back was just killing me because when we went to go trout fishing, we had to uh, sort of truck through some property to find different parts about the stream that bend around through the property. You know, so we were walking a decent bit, carrying some stuff, and by the end, standing up on the shoreline and other stuff, my back was just, just like, like uh, I was like, I really want to do this, but I was like, eh. And by that point, you know, we weren't really catching anything. I could see him in there, but we, we just weren't. <laughs> oh, that's frustrating. Yeah, it was frustrating. <laughs> but I had never fly fished like that before. I always just sort of. Oh, you're fly fishing? Yeah, we were fly fishing. Wow. So, like, I normally always did it the other way. I've always been intimidated. Yeah, I've always been intimidated by it. So he actually took the time in. So part of the the whole fishing process was just learning to work with the fly and work with the the line. It was bizarre, but now I'm like totally like that's so awesome. I I definitely want to get a fly pole now and just do it. But you got to be in the right scenario to do it, you know, because you have to have some room around you to do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, what, there are points where we were trying to do it along the streamline and it was getting caught up in the weeds and then I would get frustrated. And then you got to truck over there and pull it out. And then at that point, then I started noticing my back was killing me. And I was like, why does my back kill me? Oh, that's right. Because I'm sleeping on the fucking ground. <laughs> uh, 
But I mean that you know outside of anything, the, the the shows were good. The crowd was fun. They were into it. You know, um, I didn't know what to expect going there. I didn't know if it was just gonna be like, hey, fuck you if you don't ride in there on a bike. You know, what do you have? Yeah, yeah. Everybody was super polite. Everybody was just happy to be there. It wasn't the record numbers there at the chip that I thought. I think you know going back to your original question of how big the turnout was i think they said there was still over 500 550,000 in sturgis damn but that's sturgis in, in right, total right, right. so the city and then people going through it to go to different other campgrounds or whatever there was definitely not that many out at the chip but some of the nights when you saw some of the concerts there were easily thousands and thousands of people smashed in there that's watching cool. some of the stuff so that was cool um, how the stage was set up in the middle. I know I've said some pictures of it. The crowd was just sort of would wrap around it, you know, and some were really into it, having fun with it. You know, they obviously, you know, they allowed themselves to that sort of thing. I think it's along the same lines with like professional wrestling. You have to allow yourself to to play along with sure. it, to enjoy yeah. the entertainment, you know, you know, just like when you go watch theater. Of course, when you're looking and you see somebody acting, you're like, Okay, he's not really in uh, a castle, and he's not really right. fighting, whatever. You have to allow your imagination to take you to that place. So part of what this was fun was people get really into it. We're, we're really, you know, sort of cheering on, you know, we're trying to coach. Well, picking their favorites. You know, picking or, their favorites. Yeah. And, and the girls were having fun, too. I mean, and, you know, some of the bouts, you know, it quickly got down to just pasties and, and, and panties well, on right. some stuff. Yeah. yeah, so it was just like, it was just like, oh, okay, you know, but we're just still going to call it. Like wow. it's like it's going, you know. There's um, a reason we're associated with lingerie yeah. fighting championships. <laughs> I mean, uh, one of the stories that I kind of alluded, you know, in some of the things earlier, you know, when somebody asked like some of the crazy shit. So one of the craziest shits, and I, I know I said a little bit earlier, was uh, one of the fights. I think it was the second day. Um, the girls, the main event, went out and did their third their third round, and then we're going to the decision. You can see the judges over there sort of tallying up the things. Right. They're giving the piece of paper over to the announcer, and I'm getting ready to say, hey, you know, here comes the announcer and the thing. And I've seen the ring card girl enter the, the, the ring again. I'm like, what's the ring well, card girl going back in there? there? I was like, I'm pretty sure we just saw round three, but it uh, looks like she's getting round three. And then I was like, did we Did we not just see round three? I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like, it looks like they, the girls want to go again, you know. And I'm thinking, you know, we're going to get to see some action. And then I see the the uh, the announcer, Johnny Tumbleweed, uh, step back down. And I'm like, oh, no, he's not going in there. I was like, we're literally <laughs> going to do this again. And I'm looking over at the director like, and we don't, and there's no way to really sort of like, because there's, it's. I mean, this is bare bones, you know. Right. I mean, it's bare bones. There's three camera guys out. There's one guy up top that was uh, in this upper level, and two guys around um, the ring. Those guys are on headsets. So if he really wanted to, he could have told one of the camera guys, like, "Yo, to say stop. something to stop," or, or tell like the stage manager. But they just roll with it. But they're too busy calling between shots, and I don't think Sean really picked up. Or they were just like, "No, this this can't possibly be happening." Or we we all do the thing in our heads where it's like. Were we wrong? Did, were we, we wrong? Right, did we really see round three? Maybe we didn't. You know, because I even started questioning myself, and I was like, I know I pretty much said thank you to the ring card girl every time they went in because they were super cute. And I was just like, hey, you know, thank you, so-and-so, and so-and-so. Which, funny thing on that, we didn't even know who our final ring card girls were until literally 30 seconds before <laughs> Johnny said something because I was giving him the names, and he was smart, and I was so glad he did this. We didn't have the last girl's name, so when he didn't, when he went up there to say the thing, he didn't announce the ring car girl's name because he didn't have it because it would have been awkward for him to say two, two not out of third. three. So I was like, "Good on you," but then at the same time, I'm like, 
trying to get the attention of the, the 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 scorecard girl who had the lovely job of one keeping track of the time, but also she's the one that pats him down before mm. before they enter. I was like, man, that's the job I that's want. I was job. like, why don't you come swack with me? So I'm trying to tell her, I'm like, get me her name, you know, so I can bring it for the broadcast or something. So I'm pretty sure that I I kept track of that the three rounds because I was saying the girls' names when I could. And when they went in there and just started to happen, I was like, how do I cover this up? How do I make this without us just already – how am I going to get the people that are at home laughing right now because they're like, what the sure, hell like, is, going, what is on? going on? To keep going with the story, you know. So, you know, I, I made up some, you know, BS about the girls. You know, the action was so good. You know, I guess we're going to be lucky enough to see round four, you know, again or something, something, <laughs> just something. a little bonus round. You know, a little bonus round. It was like, you know, I South hope. Dakota Commission is going to allow us <laughs> to put in a little extra. Well, you know, uh, Angela Gorges, uh, you know, the, the Nevada, you know, lingerie championship, uh, whatever, commission. <laughs> She she might be a little upset, but uh, you know it, it 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 worked out. You know there was other crazy BS drama that I don't need to bring up or whatever. But you know it. Oh, was you knew something. there were gonna be some stories. It you was, knew there were gonna was, be some stories. It was something. You know uh, these girls. Uh, it's fun. You there, know, was there a frosty beverage or two consumed out there? There was plenty at the campsite. <laughs> uh, as for at the venue, I did have some, but it was super super expensive in, uh, in the venue. Yeah yeah. I mean, because they frowned upon and actually told you, don't bring some in. You know, this is how we make our money, yada, right. yada, yada. Uh, but, of course, we still brought in coolers of water for the girls. Sure. And just so happened underneath those coolers of water, there was <laughs> some frosty beverages. <laughs> uh, so we had some. But, I mean, I made sure to still buy some there. I mean, I get it. I, I play along. If if you got to, you know, support, you know, the campground and sure. doing what they're doing. So I didn't mind buying my $6 Coors Light every once in a while. And then they had uh, they had these shots of this. It was actually like buffalo chip whiskey, which wasn't bad. And it was like two shots for like 10. So a uh, couple of those there. A couple of those every once in a while uh, made the action go. But, you know, at the end of it, I was so I was so happy we just got through it. I mean, I, I felt good. Like after the first day, the first day was pure, I think, adrenaline and nerves. Sure. Second day had issues because we were fighting the audio the whole all three days, oh. but on the third day, I felt like I felt like we got in our swing and got to do some fun things with uh, Holly the Prez as my partner, uh, kind of bouncing things around, doing stuff that we could play around, and have fun with. That would be weird and awkward if it was me and you there. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, just in terms of like talking about outfits. You know, I could. You know, because part of it wasn't I wasn't expecting her to give like much technical talk. I needed her to just be a bouncing board. So a lot of times I knew I had to pose questions to her to just sort of involve her and get her to open up. Mm -hmm. So by talking a little bit about the outfits, I'd get her to talk to sort of reprimand me a little bit. But then we would talk about you know why you set up this sort of match, you know, why you did this other thing, just to bring her in. And then when she got st uh, more comfortable, then I found that she actually did start jumping in when they were in positions and they were down on the ground, you know. Then she started getting into it, and I was like, fuck yes. I was like, you know, because you can't – you could try to ask somebody to do that, but if they're not willing to go, you know, you can't – you could, of course, you could be like, oh, you know, they're in a tough position here. What would you do, Holly, to get out of it? What do they need to do? But if she doesn't know, then you just throw a question, then it falls flat. But right. when you're talking about it – and when it was a part that she knew about, she started jumping in. And then it was just like, all right, cool. Now we're actually having that conversation that you need when you have two people on the headset and stuff. So, you know, all in all, it uh, it was good. I mean, there was definitely some, some weird parts. But uh, all in all, it was really, really cool. And I mean, honestly, to get paid to 
call the thing uh, in a in a different location. You know, it's fun. You know, it was really fun. And I'm, then I'm pat- bummed. You know. I'm bummed I missed the story. I mean, I knew it was going to be just an absolute chaos yeah. at times. <laughs> it certainly was. Uh, but I'm bummed I missed it, man. And uh, I'm glad you got to experience it. I'm glad you got to get your feet wet and play by play, man. Now you know you can handle it. And there's First if time. for some reason I can't be there, there's no reason you can't can't handle yeah. it. And, and be like there. you said too, our podcast. What? I, how'd you how'd you put it to uh, two leading? The only mixed martial arts podcast <laughs> on the planet with two leading televised play by play broadcasters. How about that? Ball huh? in. I mean, come on. That just ball in. We need to be up for World MMA Awards next year. Is all I'm saying. Step <laughs> oh. the game up. Well, it is time for that, isn't it? Oh, sorry. Make sure you get your votes in for the World MMA Awards. When we are media source of the year. We're there as MMA Junkie, and of course, I'm there for journalist of the year. So yeah. vote us out. But next year, we gotta get to Roach. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you got play-by-play broadcasters of our caliber, you know, it's funny. You said a couple of things there. First of all, I'll give you a little tip, and this is for anybody out there that might do some play-by-play. Yeah. Something that I've learned over the years because you will forget the the rounds from time to time is on my note. That, that you have because obviously you got your notes definitely be prepared if you're ever doing broadcasting have your notes but after each round I'll write the round and I'll write my score for the round that way like I don't oh, so you can keep track. that way I keep track of what round it is and I keep track of what the score was because you know you might kind of forget but you're like oh well you know round one I kind of thought it was this way so I write it down after every round. So yeah. a little tip there. The other that is thing, a good one because you do kind of it becomes a blur. Exactly, it becomes a blur. Especially you're doing three in a row, man. It yeah. just all comes together. So just in your notes, write the round yeah. and who you thought won the That's first round, who you thought round the second round. Little tip, little tip yeah. that I've developed. Yeah, I'll tell you a funny story, and I've told the story before, so I apologize if people have heard this, but it just it made me think of it because it's so funny. Uh, you know, you talked about trying to set up your your color person and trying to just ask him a direct question. My favorite story of broadcasting ever was the time I got to call fights with Hoist Gracie in Brazil. And I was like, this is amazing. I'm with the legend, man. I'm with Hoist Gracie. We're in Brazil. We're on the Bope Special Forces training ground. We got fights. This is amazing. And the very first fight we had, we were like 10 seconds into the fight, and the fighter had set up an omoplata 15 seconds into the fight. And I'm just like, looks like he just needs to sit up to get the finish here. Hoist, you know, thinking, oh, my God, I've got Hoist Gracie here to talk about you know, the yeah. intricacies of the position and the hold. And he's just like, yes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was just like, all right, well, that didn't work out quite like I thought. Let's get back to it. In my head, I'm like, this is a glorious moment. Yeah. I'm about to tee up Hoist Gracie, who's just going to walk us through the details. And he's just like, yes. yes. <laughs> wow. You know, it's funny. So I was out there doing CFFC. If anybody missed CFFC 99, uh, check it out on USC Fight Pass. It was a good show. It ended up being very, very entertaining. But you talk about audio issues. Um, we were in a smaller ballroom out there in Tunica as well, so we didn't have, like, the full crew that we normally had. And uh, we didn't have our normal sound guy. And so we were dealing with some audio issues pretty bad to start with. And it was so funny because for the prelims, the headsets were useless. There was no audio playing through them at all. So – Luckily, the, the our audio was feeding to the truck so that they could broadcast it out. So no problem. For anybody watching home, they're getting our audio, but we can't hear anything. Yeah. So I'm literally leaning over to CM Punk so that my ear is like next to his mouth so I can hear what he's saying. Because we're in this ballroom. It's got like a thousand people, and it's just packed, that and it's loud. That would be the most awesome oh, like, visual. Just, I mean, it was funny because the producer was saying, they're like, thank God you guys are actually like friends. Because like, if you just like had two people working together that never worked together before, and you're like, hey, could you just lean right next to him so yeah. that you could hear him? You know? Well, I guess maybe clue people in because I – what we hear on the LSE is nothing. Me and you, when we do it, it's just us. So, right. so what do you normally hear in your ears when you're on a CFFC? 
CFFC show. CFFC show's got a nice setup, man. We've got the producers in our ear, um, so they're calling out things, and, and they're giving us little tips and little information. Little um, tidbits of, about the fighters, a little story. Well, anything that they stuff. see, like if they, if they know a replay or they, they know that they've got something teed up or they see something in a shot, they can let us know. So we've got the producers in our ear, but then we've got each other in their ear as well, so we can hear, uh, you know, we can adjust the levels too to how much I hear myself, how much I hear Punk, because you do like to hear yourself. It yeah. sounds weird for anybody that hasn't done broadcasting, but if you're talking and you can't actually hear yourself, it's weird. It, it doesn't sound right. So, it so, uh, it, so, but we were getting literally. It was just dead. It was like these things weren't even working. You didn't have to bring working. your own audio gear. Didn't have to bring my own audio gear. Thankfully, the fine folks CFSC uh, handle all that. So, yeah, it was a it was a struggle at first, but we got it worked out for the main card, and we had fun. Um, we, you know, I didn't get to have as much fun as I wanted to because obviously there's all these reports of Punk coming back to wrestling, right? Yeah. AEW wrestling. Uh, Friday night is supposed to be the debut. So yeah. That's what everybody Friday, everybody set you out there with a mission, Oh, right? everybody sent me out there to, like, get the details, get the details. I didn't even see Punk until, like, really just right before the show because his flight got delayed. Um, I got delayed going there. It was a crazy – I got delayed. I landed in, in, in Memphis – and I'm sitting on the runway, and it starts raining on us, like, really bad. And, then, and so they're, they're like, hey, guys, sorry, there's lightning. So the airfield is closed down. Uh, we'll have to sit here and wait. And I was like, well, that's logical. You know, you don't want to be out there, you know, taxiing with lightning and stuff. So we sit there for, like, an hour, which kind of sucks, but whatever. I've, you know, got a cocktail in my hands, and I've got internet. I'm fine. <laughs> uh, so I sat there for an hour. Um, but finally, I can't really see where we are because I've got an aisle seat, so I can't really see out the windows. Uh, but finally, after an hour, they're like, all right, lightning is passed. We're all clear. We can pull we literally taxied for like six seconds. Like oh, we were just, geez. we literally just had to cross the runway and pull to the gate. I'm like, we sat here for an hour to move like 50 feet. I'm like, ah. ah. Uh, so that was me. But and then Punk, because of that same weather, Punk got delayed, so I didn't actually see him. So we didn't get to talk much. Um, but we did, we did have some, uh, we did have some on-air jokes about his, his wrestling turn. So um, still, I have actually no factual information whatsoever because Punk. When's he supposed to maybe? Supposed to be Friday night. So we're sitting here on Thursday as we normally do, uh, recording the podcast. It's supposed to be Friday. So. AEW? AEW. AEW. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I think there's a few uh, AEW fans that listen to this. There's been a couple that have been telling me all about it. I guess I'm going to have to tune in and see what happens. I did, I tell they you are what, a good organization. I was, out of the ones that do it, like AEW is pretty they dope. They do it. That's what everybody yeah. says is they're the hot ticket right now. Yeah, so uh, I will say I did pay the price for my time in Tunica, Mississippi. So the first night we got oh, there, yeah, we, went, we went and had dinner, and then we were all kind of hanging out, and there was no – I mean, there was no real place to hang out, so we just said, we'll just go outside, and people had bought some beer and, you know, bought some other, uh, some cigars, actually. We went out, and we just sat in the parking lot, because a couple people had trucks, and we just kind of tailgated out there, yeah. um, but we suddenly noticed that the the mosquitoes were getting a little bad, and I didn't realize how bad until the next day, because I basically, I feel like, and they're getting better, it's been about a week at this point, but there have to be a hundred bites on my legs. I feel like I look like a like a meth head or something that just happens to shoot up in the and in the legs, legs instead or, of the or arms. You look like you got like smallpox. Or, smallpox. There or, you go. Or some other ones. Yeah, I mean, I, I, your legs are are freckled the, the, with bunch of I was, I was gonna send a picture I was gonna send a picture to the crew to show them what I look like but it just looks so disgusting that I couldn't even take myself to, to take a picture you send it to fa- send it to Patreon uh, send it to pa- oh, alright I will do that because it doesn't look that bad but it, it does look bad I mean you can definitely it's, tell it's like, better now. it's annoying I mean this like, is a week later it's better now but dude it it's crazy ter- it still looks like that I will a put a picture on Patreon uh, you know it's funny like I think but here you know what the worst part is uh, so finally we're like you know what these bugs are getting bad let's go in so we start packing yeah. up to go in and Uncle Rudy who's part of the, part of the, the, the crew there He's like, uh, he's like, oh damn! I didn't know you guys. He's like, I had bug spray right here in my truck, and I'm like, 
Did you not see us like slapping and waiting? Like, like the last hour. <laughs> what are you doing? He's like, my, I didn't even. He's like, they weren't bothering me. I didn't. I, I didn't even see. I sprayed before I went out. I know. That's <laughs> he's like, they weren't bothering me. I'm like, oh, no wonder you're glistening in the in the sunlight there in the moonlight. <laughs> it's funny. I think if you get if you're in an area we get bugged, or, or I'm sorry, we get bitten, your body doesn't react the same way. Like I haven't been uh, when we were in Florida when we first started sure. the road show. The very Episode first night, number one. I hadn't been bitten uh, by mosquitoes in years up to that point, but my body reacted very harshly because we got well. One, we got eaten the shit out of us. Like they ate us a lot, um, so our legs looked really bad. But I, I have to think that part of by if you get bitten, your body uh, doesn't react as poorly as it does if you if you stay away from it, maybe. Right. Unless the mosquitoes nowadays are, are just like radioactive, because looking at your legs, it looks like you got bit by like some serious mutant. That's uh, crazy, man. I actually made a joke, which maybe isn't that funny of a joke. I was like, you can't get COVID if you have malaria. You probably can, actually. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. It was a fun trip, though. So, uh, yeah, look, hey, we were in two different parts of the country having a little fun, doing different things, and now we're, we're back together. Should say, by the way, uh, Good day for me, bad day for my wife. It's been a crazy day. I was supposed to have jury duty this morning, um, which so we were going to do the podcast after I got done with jury duty. Uh, but I got an email last night that was just like, hey, you're not needed. Don't worry about it. Your jury duty has been which dismissed. Which is crazy. Like most times you have to call that day, that yep. morning. I was supposed to call go. that night. I was yeah. supposed to call after six. I and got they an said email. They tell you? I got an email at like four forty-five. So it was an hour call. before I even had to call. Like, I didn't oh, have to call. Mr. Morgan. Mr. Mr. Morgan. This is Stills calling you to tell you that we have word that you don't have to go tomorrow. <laughs> That's it. I couldn't believe it, man. So I didn't have to go. So I'm like, yeah. That's an award-nominated treatment. God, life is good. Life is good. I'm like, this is a good day. And then literally right before we were about to start, uh, uh, start recording here, my wife called me and she was crying and, and freaked out. She was driving down the road and. Uh, she said a car sped past her, and as the car sped past her, her uh, driver's side window just shattered, like just right. blew up. Uh, glass fell on her. Luckily, none of it cut her or anything like that. But, man, when she called, I was like, you know, she's like, I don't know if they shot at me or, or what. And I'm like, are, are you okay? And she was like, no, I'm okay. But she was – I don't even think she knew if she was okay. She was – I mean, she she's okay now, thankfully. She wasn't hurt. Yeah. She's good. And, um, you know, maybe it was just a rock or, or who knows what it was. Hope You know, knock on wood, hopefully it wasn't somebody shooting. Um, but – yeah, she freaked out, and it was uh, scary. So I, I was just thinking, what a, an amazing day this is. Yeah. And then my wife's, my wife's freaking out. So uh, shout out to her that uh, hopefully her day turns That's around. That's crazy. But, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad she's all right. And she said she looked in the car and didn't see anything. Didn't so, I mean, like, anything. it could just be a freak coincidence. It could be a, a rock kicked up, and it was just hit it from the outside. Yeah, and like it maybe just it was enough. the car sped by. It I mean, windows, threw it up. windows are so resilient, though. I mean, it right? has to be something traveling at a perfect, like, just – a di- one a great speed, but because it, it didn't go all the way through, right? You know what you would think. Like if it was a shot, it would maybe go through the whole thing, um, or if depending on the caliber, sometimes it might even just leave a hole and not actually bring the whole thing down. You never know, but it could just be a freak thing, or you know, she hit something and didn't want to admit it and said that uh, <laughs> a car actually, you know, she was actually backing out of the gym and bumped into something. I'm just kidding, but no, I'm glad she's right. But if so, she's a phenomenal actress, and I need to get her in Hollywood <laughs> immediately because she well, was she's, freaking she's been, out. She's been taking acting classes when you're on the road. On the you, know, you, <laughs> di- you didn't know this, uh, by the way. Oh, too funny. Well, oh, fortunately, she's okay, and uh, we'll get the car taken care of. Let's just. Luckily, everybody's healthy. We can always yeah. replace material. Uh, all right. Well, that was our our last week. It was fun. Uh, like I said, t- two uh, two two 
two play-by-play broadcasters just Woo. bringing Smith May talk. This week, we're covering UFC on ESPN 29, Cannoneer versus Gaslam. Uh, solid main event. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest, it's it's one of those weird ones where it's a, it's a good fight. Um, I think it's got kind of different stakes for different people. Cannoneer, you know, certainly more, much more relevant right now in terms of the immediate title picture. I don't know that he'll necessarily earn a title shot with this win, but it'll at least keep him there. And he even said, like, this isn't necessarily the fight I wanted, but I just wanted to stay busy, and I wanted to make sure I was keeping wins going. I uh, didn't know, by the way, that Jared Cannonier uh, had to have a second surgery on that broken arm. I don't know how yeah. public that knowledge was, how much he had talked about it, but he talked about it in our media day. So good to hear that he's okay, but that's, you know, why it took so long to get him back was he actually needed a second surgery to repair that arm that he broke against Robert Whitaker. Uh, meanwhile, Kelvin Gastelum, you know, Kelvin Gastelum, one and four right now in his past five fights. Now, I mean, you're talking about, you know, one of those was a fight of the year performance. One of those uh, was also against Robert Whitaker, who, oh, by the way, when you lose to him is not not a bad thing. A lot of right. people lose to Robert Whitaker. I mean, he's talk, you're talking about some top some top names, uh, and obviously Kelvin has been in, some, in phenomenal fights. You know, our, our, our good buddy, uh, you know, uh, Hot T, Oscar Willis, was saying, hey, do you think, you know, his job's on the line, that he could be cut with it? I don't think Kelvin Gastelum's job's on the line. I think – you know, he's been the kind of guy to step up and, and, and fill in the difficult situations. Uh, he's put on good fights. He's been a company guy. Uh, I think he, you give him a little bit longer leash, especially, again, when you're talking about the names he's losing to. You're talking about the yep. elite of the division. So I don't think his job's on the Israel, line. But Darren Till. Yeah. I mean, Jack Hermanson. Exactly. Robert Whitaker. It, th- those are beasts, those man. Are those legit, are absolute beasts. Legit so, dudes. You know, I, so I don't think Kelvin – I could be wrong, but I don't think Kelvin's job's on the line. But in, in terms of him – remaining relevant and remaining in that discussion this is a big win this is a big kind of must win type moment for him against an absolute monster in Jared Cannonier who and you know until he lost to Whitaker I thought you know was 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 steamrolling his way to a title shot man this guy was picking up big wins so uh it's one of those fights that doesn't necessarily have immediate implications in the title picture but I do think is a a big fight for both guys yeah you know and I was torn both ways you know it's it's funny after really sort of looking at it. my gut check was that uh going into our staff picks that kelvin really needed to get this win and, yeah. and that he sort of reinvigorated himself you know working with you know i mean anybody working with triple c you know me right. as a bonus up you know multiplier of strength and charisma going into a fight so i as opposed to most people on our staff i actually uh even though it's it's kind of failed me this year, I actually picked Kelvin because I felt like he was going to go in there with more to prove and more right, to try like to an win. Need because kind I of think thing. as much as we might ask him the question of you know do you need this? Is this make or break? Even though while he might say it's just another fight to us, I I I can't not think that he's going to go in there realizing that he needs to get this, or people are going to start asking him to get his walking mm-hmm. papers or something. And I mean, there's no no offense to Jared, you know, Cannoneer. And even outside of his injury, you know, I think this is just this is the perfect kind of fight for Kelvin, where it's a guy that is confident in striking. He's confident that he wants to do the stand up. But what we've seen from dudes is people that try to just stand up with Kelvin. Don't put Kelvin down. Right. Even if you call him Kevin through the whole media day. (laughs) Uh, He did call him Kevin. Even though, who was it? Matt Wells had a killer, like, slack comeback. I don't know if you saw it. Like, so he was saying, Kevin. Kevin, Kevin, we're like, oh, man. And I think it was Simon uh, Simano, our uh, managing editor, that was like, oh, man, the disrespect, calling him Kevin. And Matt Wells chimed in and said, oh, well, he's going to give him the L 
tomorrow or something. <laughs> I was like, oh, solid that's, trash that's talk. Solid trash talk. Solid trash talk. But you know, I just, I just think this is one of those fights where um, this is a tough one for for Jared to come back into as well because if he, I mean, not that I would ever think that he would take Kelvin lightly. Um, You're not going to go in and overwhelm the guy. And that's it. I think, I think he's used to going there and kind of having his way when it comes to striking against the guys. And I think Kelvin's a tough tough individual and I have to think that you know with going back and working with new people uh, and just sort of reinvigorating and he always looks good uh you know physically I, I think he's kind of got that in check we're not so worried about him anymore that he's not going to be able to make wake and, and and make and show up for a fight I just think that this is one of those fights that everybody's going to overlook him and I think this has a possibility of Jared doing that as well regardless of what he says you know he looks at his ranking and he's like you know hey this is one of the guys that's that was on the possible list that that I would be willing to accept and he's the only one that jumped up for it so I'm glad he took it yada 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 but I'm just thinking like uh Jared even though as he says that it just feel like he kind of has like this is this was maybe a guy that was on his list, but this wasn't the guys that he was wanting to fight. So I don't think it's a guy that he's really kept up on and 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 keeps looking, even though you know there's a ton of stuff for him to see. I just feel like Jared's going to go in there thinking that he's going to have his way, like with most people, and he will possibly all it just takes him is to let his guard down at one point during this fight. Kelvin's the kind of guy that his power maintains. I mean, all these guys, their power maintains to the end. Kelvin, I just think has a stronger chin on him and I think with his wrestling and with working with the people that he's been doing that he's been with with Triple C I just feel like this is the kind of fight that he could steal one back that people expect him to not win. I tell you what man, I, you're laying out the case right and I'm sitting here going back and I'm looking at Jerry Canyon's run. You know, we think about this impressive run that got halted by Whitaker, but when you go back and look it's at it, a lot of activity. Well, listen, you're talking about David Branch who Yep. Then left the UFC. And At went that on time, to, he, David Branch was a beast. Well, though. no, but but that but that was kind of the start of the tail end. You know what I mean? Right. So it was David Branch right. who, after that, you're right. Branch was a monster for for a while, but after that loss, he went and lost two more, and I think that's all he's done. Yeah, yeah. And he's forty at this point. He beat Anderson Silva. No disrespect to Anderson Silva, but yeah. we know that's a faded version of Anderson Silva. He did have the win over Jack Hermanson, which obviously that's an impressive, that's an impressive one. one. But you're right. I mean, maybe you know, may, maybe we're putting too much stock into the fact that he just looks like a physical specimen at 185 I mean, and pounds. And you, and you, it's hard to discount that that ranking that's up there. He just, but he won. He hasn't had a lot of activity to even do it. I think when I looked at it, he was like fighting like once a year or yeah. something like that. I mean, yep. Kelvin, not that he's had a ton of fights, but I mean, he's he maintains some sort of activity level. Mm -hmm. He's been getting in there. And then the fact that we heard that Jared, uh, his arm was more compromised than we thought it was. Right. You know, um, I know there's going to be – I'm sure he's going to have all the confidence in the world, but you have to think, you know, that that's going to be weighing on his mind at some point going in there. And heaven, heaven forbid something actually happened to the arm again, you know. He's going to be throwing that punt, that arm a lot against a guy that doesn't go down. I mean – Tell you what, man. I, I picked Cannoneer. You got me second-guessing myself here, man. I think everybody picked Cannoneer besides you got, me. You, you got know. me second-guessing myself right now. That's that's the main – I'm intrigued by it. Like I said, I think it's going to be a good fight. This whole card, it's I think – It's a fight that means something at least, which is something. cool for those guys. I mean, like you said, it's not maybe the number one prospect fight, but these are the guys that are trying to hang on to – uh, you know, just being relevant in that that group because, yep. like you said, you know, if Kelvin takes another loss at that point, you start having the talks when people that were having with like Rory, is he still yeah, at the happened? top? What happened? Did he is he, is he, he still not the guy at anymore? the elite level? I mean, you know, of course he's still you know worthy of being, but you know, people start putting those questions out there, you know, and I think anybody that has their the the their foot to the flame when it's like that, 
I, I feel like I, you know, it's I've been burned by this though before when I said that I was like somebody, you know, they have to show it, and they didn't, and that could happen on this. And if, if that point happens with with Calvin in this one, then people will really start questioning: Is this the kind of guy that you want to, to represent your went, represent you in a main event if he can't pull out a win? It's you a know? big moment for Calvin Gasson, really, not really not necessarily is. contendership, but it's a big moment. I'm intrigued by this main event, and I'm intrigued by this fight card. The, the co-main event is interesting. So when they first announced Clay Guida versus Mark Matson. I was a little bit confused. I didn't really understand the matchmaking at first. I thought, wait, you're talking about one of the most experienced guys in the game against one of the newest guys the in newest the game. <laughs> I, I don't – what are we doing here? You know what I mean? And, and certainly – because I don't think – I mean, I, I guess, you know, my thought was or are, they, are they just using Clay Guida as the guy to – to, to, to use a wrestling term, to yeah. give Mark Matson the rub a little bit, right? And I didn't understand that. And and, and I guess it, it could be possible. I mean, we, they know that, you know, Guida's not going to be around a ton longer, so it's it's fine to start giving some of that. But anyway, I thought it was a weird matchup. Then I started really liking the matchup the more I thought about it because I know how much Clay Guida is, is a fan of wrestling. He coaches wrestling. He's wrestled his whole life. Yep. You know, he was even talking to us in the media day about, uh, you know, how, how well the U.S. Olympic team did and, uh, you know. He uh, lives uh, and breathes wrestling. He, he, absolutely. Like, he was walking. <laughs> Yeah. through the matches, you know, it wasn't like, yeah. oh yeah, they did good. I just no, casually he was like, paid attention. Yeah, no, 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 he was like, you know, when he, he was up this many points, and then Didalo, you were really watching, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, okay, cool. So, so to him to be like against an Olympic medalist in Mark Madsen is pretty cool. But uh, Mark Madsen coming away from a, a year and a half on the sidelines, seventeen months. I'm going to be honest with you. I did not know all that, that was going on, and I, and I want to play that now because, um, you know, Mark Madsen always, you know, he is a a, a professional. He's well spoken. He's you know a great spokesman. He's all he's all these things. He's you know, but he's gone through some hell as of late, and, and I didn't know. You know, he's been on the sidelines for about a year and a half at this point. I I honestly assumed it was just kind of like travel restrictions and and that sort of stuff with everything that's been going on. Uh, it was much more than that. So. Um, while I was intrigued by this fight, I got much more intrigued after hearing from Mark Madsen because, uh, man, I don't know how you can't be pulling for this guy after you hear this. Here was uh, here was the Olympian here talking to us at Media Day. It's been a while, right? I mean, it's, it's 17 months at this point. So what's the uh, what's the feel right now to be back? It's been 17 months. I think so. Wow. Time flies. How does it feel to be back? It feels absolutely amazing. Can't tell you how proud I am, how thankful I am to be back. It might sound strange, but the last year, my family and I have been going through a lot of adversity. It actually started at my last fight. I broke my jaw early in the second round. I had to push through the fight. Went back home, got surgery on it. That surgery got infected. I needed a second surgery. When I thought I was ready to go again, I tested positive for COVID. When I was over that, we got the very unfortunate news that my wife was diagnosed with MS disease, which actually led me to call the UFC and ask for uh, a leave. Um, I mean, I had to take my full focus and put it on on the the thing that's going on with my wife and, and MS disease. And you would probably not believe it, but on top of that, our house uh, had a serious water leak which turned out to be a, a black mold infestion. So the last eight months, my family and I have been relocated. I mean, talking about relocation uh, means my stuff has it's been picked up over a process of three steps. So we actually have been living in a, in a bag for the last eight months. 
I, I can't stress how proud I am to be back, how, how grateful I am to be back, being able to go through what, what we as a family just went through the last year. I'm a three-time Olympian, Olympic medalist, five-time world medalist. I've been competing at the highest level of sport most of my life. Right now, coming into this fight, this feels single-handed as the greatest comeback of my entire athletic career. I'm proud, I'm happy, and I'm excited. Six months ago, I had no idea how, that's important, or whether I would be able to return to MMA. We were in a, a place where we had to deal with, uh, with disease. I mean, this is UFC. This is the biggest MMA promotion in the world. This is where the best fighters in the world are competing. We talk a lot about champion mindset, overcoming adversity and stuff, and I believe I know how to compete. I know how to overcome adversity. But honestly, facing disease, facing a chronic disease, the symptoms that my wife was facing, I had to dig deeper than I've done ever before. We as a family have had to reevaluate, prioritize, say no to a lot of exciting stuff that was going on in our life, just to focus on the really essential stuff, family and fighting. And now I'm back and I'm proud. It's crazy, man. I had no idea whether you were going through so much. So, I mean, was there, you said six months ago, you weren't sure whether you would fight again. I mean, was there a conversation of like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this anymore? How did that conversation go? There's been absolutely no conversation of not returning to MMA. This fight, this opportunity is about proving to myself, more importantly, proving to my wife, that we won't let disease determine anything in our life. I mean, we have a chronic disease. My wife has a chronic disease that she has to deal with the rest of her life. That means I, as a husband, has to deal with, with that the rest of my life. One of her big fears with this diagnosis was that that would actually lead to me not being able to fight anymore that it would mean that we would not have the uh, opportunities that we had. So <clears throat> this is actually about you know, proving that if we believe, if we dream, even though there's disease, we, we can still overcome and, uh, and come after it. So this is about proving for my wife that anything is still possible understandably emotional. I mean, we talk about your wife. I mean, so I wonder, like, does this somehow make fighting, like, less important and, and just a small part of it? Or does it make it even, like, more important? Like, now this is some, you know, platform, some opportunity. What, I mean, where does fighting stand in your life now, knowing everything that you're dealing with outside? I can't believe I'm sitting up here. I'm supposed to be a tough USC fighter fighting this Saturday, and I get emotional talking about my wife. That's crazy, right? I mean, this is... Um, It's been a crazy period. I mean, it's been it's been challenging, but at the same time, we've we've come out with new insight. As a family, we've we've bonded in a different way. I mean, we have to find to put it another way, we have to find a way to make the last year the best thing that happened in our life. And right now I'm back. I have a fight. 
It's about going out there and then performing my best. I'd like to get your thoughts. A lot of people look at Clay. You know, of course, they see his crazy striking style, but he also has wrestling as well. You know, obviously, some people might look at you and say, oh, well, I have Olympic wrestling, or this guy, the wrestling's going to be not even close. But what would you say, and how would you rate Clay Guida's wrestling skills? I'm going to show you how good Clay wrestling is on Saturday. I think that's the best way I can describe it. I come from a Greco-Roman background, which is uh, what I've done my entire life. And Clay has folk style, freestyle. I think one of the great things that Fight Ready really can offer is, uh, is great freestyle, great folk style. I think Clay has good wrestling, no doubt about it. I mean, it's a, it's a legend of the sport. He's been, he's been in the sport for a long time. He dominated his last fight with wrestling. I mean, this is actually what it's all about. I'm a wrestler. I'm a high-level wrestler. I'm in the UFC to compete with the best in the world. I mean, I'm, I'm fighting Clay Guida, the carpenter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is about competing. It's about going out there and testing. I'm looking at putting on my best performance this Saturday. If I put on my best performance, I believe the best performance will beat Clay Guida. But I, you know... I'm excited about going out there and actually learning how good Clay Guida's wrestling is. And last one for me, I guess on the flip side of his wrestling, everybody thinks of some fights in the past where Clay just stands right in the middle and just throws nonstop, and he tries to lure his opponents into this rock'em, sock'em sort of stand-up war. Is there any danger that you might get caught up in that sort of thing, or is there a part of you that says, I wonder if I got in that whirlwind how I would do? The only thing I can say is bring out the beer, bring out the popcorn, let's have a fight. All right, there was Mark Madsen. Uh, first of all, Cold Coffee, the reporter, continues to shine. Not only yes. flourishing as a play-by-play -play, uh, broadcaster, but now, you know the, 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 the questions that you throw in there as well. Uh, made but man, it took a long time. I didn't realize how long that my portion, like when I was doing our interview, yeah. I was because I was skimming through to try to find the clip that uh, Simon asked, and I was looking for yours. I was like, oh, okay, my question is gonna be this way back in the back. No, no, no. I was like, you I was like, nice oh section. wow, there was a there was a decent little bit in there. You had a nice little section, <laughs> but man, listen, uh, man, is it just me or like, can you how like how like? And listen, I'm always going to cheer for Clay Guida. I love me some Clay Guida, man. Just this ball of energy, nice guy. I mean, he's fun to talk to, but like, how can you not be pulling for Mark Madsen yeah. now with everything he's gone through, man, and talking about kind of what this means to yeah. to demonstrate to his wife and holy God. Like anybody off to the side talking shit of this fight, this is just like one of those just a D-bag. Right. Because there's like two great guys on both sides. But yep. you're right. I mean, like when, when Clay was talking about how he had made – that first UFC walk at like 264, and then when you do the math in your head, it 265 just happened or whatever, and you're like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, dude's been around. 200 pay-per-views yep. have went in his time that he's been here, and then just look at him, you're like, "Wow, I could see another 100 going through because he looks in incredible shape." And yep. I mean, he, the way he does it. But you know, there was something about Mark too talking about up there. Anytime you have these guys that are just such elite athletes. Um, we always put them on a pedestal, you know, for their physical prowess. But when you see those moments where you, where we're lucky enough that they open up the window to their to their their life and what they're going through to kind of share their moments, you know, and, and seeing him 
get emotional talking about what him and his family went through, you know, the stuff that his wife's gone through, uh, and see how, you know, he's supposed to be here focused on this fight, but all I could think about is his wife, you know, and the stuff that she's going through. Like, me being the, the asshole that I am, I was getting choked up. Yeah. I was just, I was just like holy cow, like, this is powerful stuff, you know, so as he was saying, I was like, dude, I, I don't really know this dude, but I was like, I really like this guy yeah. after talking about it. I mean, just just in terms of how he carries himself and then let alone the struggles that they went through, and he was so positive. He could be, he could be really, uh, he could, be, it would be in his right to be as disgruntled and angry at the universe as anybody yeah. possibly yep. But he's able to. He was able to persevere through that, and uh, and get to this point. And, and that's the kind of thing that, you know, a beacon of what people can look up to. You know, there's a certain a lot of people that are chosen for role, role models that shouldn't be role models and shouldn't be whatever because of fame, money, whatever. <clears throat> and then you see cats like this that work themselves up to represent their country and the 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 elite of the sports, but also. Um, have proven themselves to be, you know, a family person that cares about his family, working through whatever it needs to do to take care and provide for his family. And and, and when it comes to his moment, all he could think about is is talking about his wife. Yeah. I was like, dude, that is a good person. And, and to say, you know, we, we, we've got to take this and make it the best thing that could have ever happened to us. You know, to say, yeah. like, it's just <laughs> unbelievable, man. I, I'm, so I'm so intrigued by that fight yeah. now uh, for the personal reason behind it. Obviously, stylistically as well. Mark Madsen does look, I mean, obviously uh, an Olympic medalist. You're a talented yeah. athlete, you know what I mean? He's still undefeated in his career. Um, working now with uh, Captain Eric Abaracin out there uh, yeah, in the corner no as well. Idea. So I mean, you got the captain in your corner. That's big things, big things. So be, I, I, which, <laughs> which is funny because it's two wrestlers, so of course it's going to be a striking match. Oh, totally! They're just going to stand and bang. <laughs> it's going to be unbelievable. It was funny to hear, like, uh, in talking with Guida. I, I did ask him. I was like, "But, but you really do want to get one takedown on him, right?" He's like, "Of course." <laughs> of course. <laughs> he's like, "He's like, I gotta take this dude down at least once, man, to show him what's if up." If not, so, if not, he's gonna be like, "Damn it, rematch, rematch." He wants to get that takedown. I love it. So I'm intrigued by that. Like I said, I thought it was a little bit weird when it was announced, but now, now I'm all in on it. Yeah. Parker Porter versus Chase Sherman. I mean, that should just be like sloppy heavyweight fireworks. It should be fun. Chase Sherman, by the somebody's way, going to sleep. somebody's going to sleep. Somebody's Chase, going Chase to sleep. Sherman cracked me up. Because I was looking at his Instagram before the media day, and this is kind of mean that it, what he said here, but it did actually crack me up. He posted on Instagram. He said, two of my favorite things in life are putting people to sleep in a nice set of titties. This week <laughs> I'll get to see both." Because he was talking about his opponent being a little overweight, well, a, little, that, that, a little soft in the. Uh, that wasn't him that posted it. Uh, oh, that's right. It wasn't that, him. That was that was that was the gorilla. That was the vanilla gorilla. <laughs> he, I asked him about that. I was like, "Chase, you're not normally a trash talker." I was like, "That's kind of like subtle trash talking." He's like, "Yeah." He's like, hey, "You know." That was the vanilla gorilla that comes out of me. And by the way, he also did – he had some harsh words for Jason Witt as well. You know, Witt was kind of joking. Remember oh, saying, yeah. I'm the vanilla gorilla. And he was like, ain't no man is 170 – he's like, I haven't been 170 pounds since I was in second grade or something. He, was, hasn't, he hasn't let up on that. That's pretty much what his, his line's been, you know, going – ever since you know now i love the fact that it still it just keeps trickling on but at some point he, he's he's gonna get he's gonna reach his boiling point on that but yeah that's funny that should be fun like i said it'll, some, somebody's probably going to sleep then another one that i wanted to alert people to trevin jones versus sedia club kakaromanov and if you're Ooh, well you, done you may well he fought for the cffc which oh, is okay <laughs> i was like bro you just flew through that like oh, butter man. i'm like said just just say it fast and act like you know what it is but so here so here's what's funny is if you're a hardcore and you know these fighters you may say oh well john's about to tee it up here for side uh no i'm not i'm about to tee it up for trevin jones and i'll tell you why uh first of all let's just let's trevin jones so did i pick wrong 
If I pick the other guy? No, 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 no. This is – listen, tr- Sadio Cub is legit. Okay, I mean, he, okay, he, look, okay. he won a title in CFFC. Um, but I want to I want to explain to you what what, uh, what Trevin Jones has gone through. In case you're not aware, Trevin Jones was supposed to fight on July 24th against Tony Kelly. Um, that fight uh, was scrapped when Kelly had to withdraw. So they went uh, scheduled him the following week, July 31st, against uh, Ronnie Lawrence. Uh, Ronnie Lawrence was uh, screwed up his weight cut, and that fight was ruled off. So they scheduled him again. August 21st, that's this week, against Mana Martinez. Uh, Mana Martinez had to withdraw. Of course, he, he lost his coach, um, and that's the reason he pulled out of the fight. Completely understandable there. That was some, some things behind the scenes. So, Sadia Kukkaramana steps in on uh, less than a week's notice, um, and Trevin Jones has had to deal with this the whole time, and, and he talked about um, the challenge. But I just love his attitude. I love his mindset. Um, but, but hear from him a little bit about what he's had to do to get to this fight and tell me you're not – cheering for him a little bit uh, on fight night. This is uh, this is five-star Trevin Jones. Trevin, it's been quite the uh, journey to get a fight. And uh, I, I don't even know if we'll have a fight yet, right? I guess we're keeping fingers crossed at this point. But, I mean, what what is this time been like? We're just rescheduling and changes and, and all this for the past couple of months. Man, it's been crazy. Um, I've just been trying to fight. I flew all the way from Guam, and I need to fight, man. Um, I could have easily took my little money and went home and said no, but – you know, I got goals. I'm here to fight, and the goal is to get a fight and go home, and that's always the goal. Um, I'm here to be the best guy in the division. I'm not just here to join the party and then go home and say I hit the UFC. So I'm here to fight, and I'm still trying to dig for that fight. That's awesome. How how difficult has it been just keep, you know, you're, you're always trying to peak for this one day, right, and that day keeps changing. So how difficult has that process been, just keeping yourself in the proper shape? Yeah, that's been the hardest part, Um, just – Dialing in, it's been hard. Um, I had about six names this this particular fight, um, so it's been a real roller coaster. But um, yeah, man, I got a good team behind me. They tell me to stay focused. My boys are very strong minded, so am I. And it's all about the strong mind at this point. Um, we believe we have all the tools to fight anyone in the division. So um, at the end of the day, we can't just say that. You know, when it comes to a new opponent, we have to. Believe that. So that's all I'm doing. I'm believing I have all the tools, and no matter who's in front of me, I believe I can give them a tough fight. And, you know, yeah, the outcome could come anyway, but like I said, I'm here to fight. I, I flew all the way from Guam. I, my family, everyone was here for, for the first time of the fight when I was supposed to fight. They're still here right now. So we want to fight, and the goal is to get a fight, and we're going to get this fight. That's awesome. Do you even bother like scouting the names anymore? Like when they give you a name, do you do you do you look them up and see what kind of fighter it is, or are you just like, yeah, just give me somebody. When they gave me this new name, um, I I didn't really look it up. I I was like, man, let's. I just need to fight. Um, yeah, I look up my guys. I see where I need to change my game to all the time. Um, some guys are talented in different areas, so I gotta hit them with something different. Um, but for the most part, um. Yeah, I have my skill set. I have some tools I've been working on for this fight, and I got to just implement my game plan and go out there and get it done. So you, t- so you do tweak the game plan a little bit for each opponent, or do, you, or do you just go, well, hell, at this point? Of course. Point, I never just... fight one opponent the same. Um, if you're fighting every opponent the same, then you're going to get exposed sooner or later. So I never fight one opponent the same. Um, maybe I might break out a, the same skill set because I see he was the same as my last opponent or opponent that I fought in the past, but... No, I don't fight any opponent the same. And if they have the same style, maybe I might be able to use that style again that I used to beat him. But no, you don't want to fight anyone the same. How far is the the trip from Guam? How long does it take to get here? 
about 22 hours. What's the, what's the, what's the route that you have to go? Um, I go from Guam to Hawaii, Hawaii to Los Angeles, Los Angeles to here, and then, or it could be Guam to Japan, Japan to Los Angeles, which is that 14 hour flight, and then another hour flight to here. So yeah, it could be quite brutal, man. Um, but when your mind's set up and you train too hard, nothing's gonna beat that. It's awesome. You said you got family with you. How much family's here with you? Um, I got my my brothers, my coaches. Um, I got my cousin coming in. I have so many people coming in. Um, I have my aunties in them here. Hopefully, they come back on fight night. And I got my brother's kids, my brother's wife. Everyone's here right now. So. We're looking to enjoy this Saturday night. That's crazy. So they had just kind of had to put their life on hold for a little bit they, too. And their life has all been on hold. There was more people here before. Some of them got jobs. They got to go back home. But um, yeah, they, they're going to try and get back out here as soon as this fight is fully a go. That's awesome. So talk to me about the, the, the goal in the fight, man. I mean, you go out there. Obviously, we've, we've seen you do spectacular things. I mean, do you go in with the mindset saying, like, I got to be spectacular? Or do you just go in saying, I just, I just got to pick up a win? Um... A win is always good. Uh, of course, I want to be spectacular. Who don't want to be spectacular? But, um, yeah, man, some of these guys see I got six losses. Like, I got five split decision losses. Like, I'm a 19-1 fighter. I fought around the world. I fought in more countries than any of these guys. I fought in seven different countries. I know what it's like to get to do great and be mad at yourself and the outcome didn't go your way. But I feel like I won all those fights. So, Going into these fights, I feel like a 19-1 fighter. I don't care what anyone else says. I don't care if they say, Trevor, you have six losses. I'm 19-1 when I go out there. And, yes, I bring that mindset into the fight. Huh? Um, a lot of these guys say, Trevor, don't have a high output or what. Like, these guys aren't pros. I'm a pro. I take my time. When I see the opening, I'm going to capitalize on the opening so they can go out here and do whatever they want. I'm a pro. I take my time, and I'm going to find my opening and chance to get the fight done. Awesome. Last thing for me, I mean, obviously you just want to get this fight under your belt and, and get home, I'm sure. But are you thinking about what comes next? I mean, knowing that what you've had to go through for this fight, are you trying to like spend some time at home and chill for a bit? Or are you like, hey, let's turn around, do it quick, build the momentum? What's what's the plan moving forward? Well, I cut weight. This is my third weight, uh, third weight cut for this month. Like I've been on weight three times this month. Your ass has been horrible. It's been horrible. I never kept my weight this low in my life. Um, I'm proud of myself for that. But um. Yeah, um, I probably want to come back in the November or December. Of course, I want to come back. I want to get three this year. I don't want to stop my goals. Like I say, this is a goal for me. This is not just someone that want to be in the UFC and be hip, hip, hooray. Like, I'm here for a reason. I'm here to be the champion, and I'm here to be the best. All right, well, as Cold Coffee uh, was happy to point out to me afterwards, I may have cursed Trevin Jones right there, by the <laughs> way, I started that. Uh, but I just thought it was, you know, I was trying to keep it light, keep it jovial, because I know the guy's is uh, been through it. But, man, I just love his attitude about, you know, getting through this particular situation and just the way he looks at his whole career. So, um, And he's definitely got skills, man, as he laid out there. He's got skills. So, uh, Now, here's the, other, here's the flip side of it. So you might say, well, John, you always got that CFFC love. You always got that CFFC You've love. You've never been one to homer for the CFFC guys. Sign Cup came <laughs> through CFFC, and you're not homer for him. Okay, I'm not saying there's hard feelings there, but when he won the belt, 
he basically uh, was doing his interview with CM Punk, uh-huh. and he was like, yo, man, F this belt. I don't want this belt. He's like, I want to be in the UFC. And it was like, uh, I see what you're saying there. I yeah, see what yeah, you're saying yeah. there. But maybe maybe there's a gentler way of saying, like, hey, man, <laughs> I really appreciate this belt, but this is not my ultimate destination. This is not my ultimate goal. This is, a, this is an accomplishment along the way. Yeah, yeah. He was literally like – I mean, this. It was like he just wanted to throw the thing in the trash. And, I, I think like Punk was gonna be like, "Well, I mean, you can just give it right back to us then." <laughs> yeah, I mean, thank you very much. Thank you for coming. If you don't like it, so I'm not cheering against the guy. It's just that you know, I mean, the guy basically kind of, kind of he did. He, he verbally urinated on our on on our title at CFFC. So hey, buddy, what I took from that was that hey, I'm a champ. <laughs> I'm a winner. <laughs> I, I win things, and I need I need to make up ground because you've you've opened up quite the gap. With the the rest of the uh, team, I'm not, I'm not gonna, so I'm as not well as being as you said it. it, two the only podcast with two leading broadcast television play by play guys. You as well have the guys leading the stat picks. Well, I'm number three. Now. Oh, you're number three now, but yeah. you're tied, right? Or you're like or one tied, behind? Ah, it took me two out of the top three on <laughs> one on one podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like we're bringing that high level analysis. Oh boy! No. If I was if I was a gambler, I would just put this podcast on lockdown. <laughs> just whatever they said, go with that. Uh, yeah. See, come on, man. There's there's no reason not to be listening, and that's why we should say now. Look. If you are listening and you like what you're hearing so far, do us a favor. Make sure you you jump in, you you you, you, you sign into whatever you listen to. You take a moment to rate us, review us. You make sure you subscribe, of course. Uh, I personally listen to uh, Apple iTunes. That's where I listen to my podcast. You could be like the man Limpio Muebles, who just said five stars, titled it "John Morgan is Easy Listening." Thank you there, and said very helpful MMA talk. And that's right, it is very helpful. We you, can help you. Forgot you. that other. He he also. Put below that, that I was easy on the eyes. Oh, he did. He did. You know what? It, it was. Just, I didn't have print. it all the small way expanded. Print. Yeah, small, I, small you, you saw it. Yeah, you saw really, it. really zoom I won't even bother it. bringing it out there because you saw it already, <laughs> uh, clearly. Uh, or, by the way, if you want to take your game up to the next level, which we would really appreciate that, help support the show financially. Uh, because obviously we do this show for free. We understand not everybody has a few bucks to spare, and that's fine. We're still going to bring that free entertainment yep. to you. But if you do have a couple bucks to spare. <laughs> Whether you want it or not, we're going to give it to <laughs> you. deliver it to you every damn week. Uh, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month to help support Rowies. the show. You can go as, as, as high as $10 a month yeah. if you want. I mean, you could go higher if you want. That's the Ryan Vinoy uh, level. I mean, the, the baller status. Baller straight status. Baller status. That's, that's just straight, straight baller status. I actually have a set of keys set outside should he ever want to come to Vegas and like just it's there. come in the house. Bro, you can take just my car. Just take come. my car. Yeah, take the, the car. You it's can okay. stay here. It's all it's good. Okay. If you could fix it. It's got some issues right now, but if you could fix that, it's cool. You can still borrow it. You can still borrow it. <laughs> you can sign up the sports over there that gives you exclusive access to the and a half episodes that we do after every single UFC show. Plus, it allows you to chime in uh, with some questions in, our, yes. in, a, in a segment that we like to call Roadmap. Roadmap. <laughs> I, you know, I literally was like, I'm gonna put something together, and then I think I went out and drinking instead. I was like, you need to go out. You've that been working hard. Is the story of our That's life. <laughs> like, oh, I was gonna do that. One of these days in 2023, I swear I'm gonna have something done by then. Full laid out track, <laughs> just all done. But it's, but it's funny because it literally is only gonna last for seconds. But whatever. By 2023, it should happen. But yeah, man, let's jump into the uh, the roadmap. Thank you guys for uh, submitting them and then allowing me to delete them and then refine them and then <laughs> repost them on there. Also uh, drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could blame other things, but. That's just me being me. Um, how about we jump into? I know you took a look at. Well, first, Joe's question is more of a comment. Um, 
But since we already talked about the laundry stuff, uh, I would I would go on to say, you know, when it's question of, you know, should we see my face on any mat, um, maybe a toilet mat or on the <laughs> floor mat so you can walk in and wipe your feet off uh, or about the only thing. Uh, I don't think we're going to ever see that. But I love the fact that uh, the mm, circled around uh, – has caught has caught on because uh it, that's some serious high statistical analyzing breakdown breakdowns of fights. Uh, if that's, you hear that, that means the, the the quality of the fight is just that, off off the charts. So Lucinthia's picked up on when you chime in. He, with he, a, he's mm. chimed in. He he's got it. He's got it. <laughs> All right. So let's jump to Muna's question. Um, he says, "I promise to be more positive with my questions in the future." But I was wondering, as media, and this kind of goes to what we—I I already was putting Mark Madsen's mm-hmm. thoughts in my head earlier, just seeing emotion. But even though it's on a different level, um, as media, since you guys are up close with these fighters and see certain things, and the general public doesn't, how hard is it to see fighters who are a little bit past their prime, still trying to hang on for a paycheck? You see these fighters at their peak and watch their bodies and mind deteriorate at the end of their careers, and can't be easy. I think about this as I watch Diego Sanchez leaning towards the BKFC or Rory, who has the future of, uh, of MMA now looking to be on his way out, not to mention many others at the end of the careers. And so when I said Mark, I mean, even outside, you know, granted it's slightly different because we're not talking about a person at the end of his career, but we're seeing emotions. We're seeing yeah. things from these fighters that later on will go back and we'll, we'll – it's part of these things that runs in like this visual um, – card what do you what do you call those cards rolodex mm-hmm. of like memories and stuff like that's the stuff like we can, we've done uh, countless thousands of interviews but it's like little things like that that tend to stick in there absolutely sticks out more than the fights themselves. sticks out more than the fights themselves and, and and with your question here in these moments where we see people where we notice it that's one of the other things that sticks in there um when you see these cats that you know when well one granted first when we started or even you know, take a Diego, as you referenced here, you know, and throw him 10 years prior um, was like a, a young, even though he still looks pretty young, even though you could see the wear on him, was just this like sort of young, cheeky, just, you know, full of life dude. And you remember, you remember his energy, you remember his positivity, you remember everything that sort of bubbled out. And then when you see him now and you see him a little bit slower to react to some things, you know, sometimes it could be more, he's maybe more uh, introspective. Maybe he's more thinking out, you know, mm-hmm. try not to blame it all too much on the other stuff. Um, it, 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 uh, for me personally, since I've always been more invested in the characters of this sport, as opposed to say some of the fights, I love the fights. I love that whatever, but honestly, I mean, I wasn't a, a huge MMA fan before I got into the sport, you know. But it was the it was the fighters that I met while working with the UFC and other stuff that drew me further into the space. It was their personalities. It was their um, everything about them. And when I see that now, when I see changes has happened over the years. Uh, I mean, to be honest, I mean, it hurts a little bit. I mean, it just, it's, it's, but it, I would feel that as for any, any close friend or anybody I've seen that yeah. suffers some sort of something that alters their personality a little bit, you always feel like somebody's off for a little bit or, you know, and you don't really think about it, but you just know something different, but you still have a lot of, um, you still care for the person, you still other stuff. And it's weird to say, oh, you know, I see these things in fighters, but yeah, you still care for them. You know, it's like, but unfortunately, I mean, when you do the sport like we do and you see them time after time and you hear the stories of the the struggles they go through, you hear about the stories with their family that they're going through and all this other stuff, it's you would have to be a, a robot to never get personally invested in these people. 
and, and and when I say that, I mean I like both fighters. I don't, you know, even if I see something that I, I'm I have liked or have hung out with or you know something that's reached the level where I consider them a friend or uh, you know as close as a friend as could be with still trying to be impartial, whatever. Right. Um, it's you know you feel for them. Mm-hmm. I can still watch a fight and be like, man, I really hope my boy, you know, I'll homer for my dudes, but I'm not gonna hate on the guy that beats him. You know, when Derek fought Cyril Gan, of course, you know, I'd love. Great example. Derek Great example. to win. I mean, Derek's been here at my house, has eaten food from my kitchen, has played my Xbox, his teams here, you know. Uh, Heather absolutely loved him. But then I so when I see him, of course I homer for him. But then if he loses, I'm like, fuck, Cyril, good job. Like, yeah. he, he, Cyril's never done anything. Cyril's a great person. That's too. a great example. And, you yeah. know, the same, and another one for me on that same fight card was Michael Chiesa, right? Like, oh, yeah. Chiesa is such a good dude. And obviously, him and I have worked together a couple times on, on some commentary gigs. And um, so, because of that, we have a relationship. You know, we, we, we talked quite a bit out at Fight Island, you know, while we were out there because we were both stuck out there for a long time. Uh, I consider him a friend. Um, but, I mean, you know. How can you be mad when he loses when it's such a phenomenal performance? Right. You know what I mean? And how can you be mad at Vicente, dude? Yeah. I mean, that dude's like the nicest human being on the planet. Literally one so, of the nicest guys. Yeah, it's absolutely. But you know, and and, and it is hard. It's very hard. You know, it's, it, you develop relationships with these people, and like you said, you know, it's not always try to make sure, like you said, we're walking the line, we're doing it the right way. But you can't yeah. help, as you said, you mentioned like their families and stuff. You know, some of these guys that go out there, you know, Damian Maya, for instance, right? right? Like we know Damian Maya was in their career, like. I get scared when he goes out there. I'm like, yeah. don't, 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 don't let anything bad happen to Damian. Cowboy. I, you know, cowboy. You know, you yeah. like, oh, please, it's, it is hard. You know, it's hard. And, but the other thing is too is, and it's 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 kind of the bad thing about this sport is that at the end of your career is when you're making the most money because those 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 yeah. paydays. Other than when you come off of a title win, obviously your your payday goes down. Yeah. But those pay those incremental values seem to to rise. So it's like, man, you want those people to make that money because you know that their their earning potential. You know, hopefully they've invested in some businesses. Hopefully they've set themselves yep. up for the future, but they haven't. They're not going to be able to walk in there and make those big paychecks anymore. Now they got to scratch and claw and you know get the little appearance fee here, or a sponsorship fee here. Um, so you want them to. It's hard to tell somebody like walk away now, walk away now, because yep. um, you want to see them have those opportunities. And and the other thing too is like you see, they'll never admit it, but you see like the mental doubt start to creep in the guys and yeah. you know what I mean? Where you, you see that they, they know and they're questioning themselves and they're not, it's hard, man. It's this, this sport, this sport, man, as much as I love it, man, as much as I love it, it is hard, yeah. man. It, it is an emotional roller coaster. You know, like you saw Paige Van Zandt talking about coming out that she was saying that she, she was talking about suicidal remarks. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's how intense this sport is. Yeah. And, it's tough, man. It's tough. Yeah. It's, it's why it's funny. Like people are always like, "Do you want your son to fight?" And I'm like, "Hell no, I don't want my son to fight." You know, but yeah, I still have all the respect and, and passion and love for the sport. So it's yeah, to answer your question, when it, it's it's hard, man. It's, it's really it's really absolutely hard because it's tough to just you know. I think it would be tough for anybody just even to look at it and to try to separate your own sort of emotions because, um, I think part of what I think draws people to MMA and to watch this stuff is the people doing stuff to overcome fears and do things that we never thought we ourselves could do and we're so you know entertained and just amazed by one the discipline the dedication to Mm -hmm. to the physical side of it but also being able to overcome and just have the mental side and so I think we're always whether you want to admit or not are in awe for what these people do they're like everyday little bit of superheroes that are willing to go out there and face fear on and do it so when you see that sort of decline, um, it it's hard to have it not affect you. I think even if somebody had never met somebody 
I think it would affect somebody for somebody that they respect and they they watch. It it it's it hurts. It hurts to see that a little bit. So then when you actually get to see him and you interact with him a little bit, I think it's just compounded. And but honestly, that's the stuff that that stands out more than anything is just seeing seeing their faces, hearing their stories, and it's hard to not notice when. Uh, you see some sort of a decline or some sort of something, or when you get those moments, I still get, you know, when there's, I get choked up on, on some retirements Oh yeah. when man. people walk away. Cause I'm just like, Holy fuck that I'm not going to see this person fight again. And I, I, you know, when they do it on their own terms and everything's good and they, they have things going, I'm like, man, that's awesome. They're going to ride and do whatever. But then I'm like, I'm going to miss the, the, the fight weeks where we all get to sort of hang, you know I mean? Yeah. Granted things are a little bit weirder now where interactions now getting, um, back a little bit but media days and a lot of the other stuff i mean we would spend days and days just getting in there and we would we would literally be feet a couple yeah. feet away from these guys doing these interviews seeing them when they're struggling on a weight a weight say, cut or, I, or doing I, I whatever feel like we're documenting a chapter of their lives you know what i right? mean because we're there those fight weeks are chapters in their lives right you know you talk about those retirements man i i've kind of made that as the uh, the unofficial media rule that that's the one time it's okay to, to clap in a, in a press yeah. conference. You know what I mean? Like, we're really not yeah. supposed to do that. You know, that's not me. But, you know, when people come, do, when they do give that retirement speech, when they come back to the back and they yeah. talk to us that one more time, I think that's the time that's okay to give them. Don't, don't let them walk off to silence where it's just like, all right, thanks. And you walk. No, give them that, give them that round of applause, that appreciation of, you know, thank you for what you've done for us, man. We appreciate that. Yeah. So. And we should do that more often because I think it's tough because I think a lot of us are still like, I'm clapping, but I'm like, man, I'm hurting. <laughs> How weird is that? We do this for work, but, you know, and, and the crazy sport that it is, you know, this is one of the things. It's hard to not let it somehow affect you. I think everybody's affected by it in some way, even even if you're – and that's not just meeting people. I think fans are just as much invested with a lot of these cats. They, they spend the time to, to spend their money to watch them. They watch all the interviews. They watch all this other stuff. And I guarantee – Muna, even when he's watching this, gets affected and he watches. I think every person does it, and, and we're no different. You know, mm -hmm. um, every little bit um, affects you. So, I mean, good question. That's a good question. I mean, that, that's one of those things I think we could talk a lot about just for the fact of, like, um, the emotions and a lot of the other kind of stuff. So, um, I got a question here from Enrique Ortiz. He didn't put this on the uh, on the thread there on patreon.com slash the Rocho. So if you want to participate in this, if you want to help drive the podcast, if you want the roadmap, if you yes. want to if you want to lay you want that to out steer for the us, ship. jump on over to patreon.com slash the Rocho. Enrique Ortiz, uh, he reached out. He said, Hey John, I had a question I could really use your help on. You said previously on a podcast that Peter Yan technically should have tied or beaten Magomed Magomedov back in the day, but the official results were never changed due to a point deduction not being scored. Would you mind going into more detail on that anytime soon or on the podcast with his fight coming up? And yes, so Peter Jan, for anybody that doesn't know this, um, was handed his first career defeat. And I guess, I don't know, depending on how you want to look at it, you may stay still his only career defeat. I know a lot of people are still a little salty about the whole disqualification thing to Magomed Magomedov back in March of 2016 in an ACB show. That was a split decision. Uh, they would rematch in April of 2017. Peter Yant would win by decision to, uh, to, to, to win the title and, and revamp it there. But what happened in that, in that 
in that uh, score was. And actually, Enrique, if you'll check your messages, I actually sent you a copy of, of the scorecards. I guess if anybody else wants to see them, I could find a post. There's a link. These scorecards are actually still posted online. They're kind of hard to find, uh, but if you add the link, you can see them. But what happened was he was deducted a point. Peter Jan was deducted a point in the fifth round for a headbutt. Um, it, was a, it was a little bit of a controversial call, but nevertheless, the, the point deduction was there. But if you look on the scorecards, you'll see that two judges score the fifth round 9-9. When you're a judge, you're not supposed to add the deduction. You still say 10-9, and then the scorekeeper takes the point away because they've been notified there's the point. So the scorekeeper will take the point away. But they scored it 9-9. So those two judges that had it, uh, giving Jan rounds two, three, and five, with the deduction, they have it as 47-47, so they have it as a, as a draw. Okay, But the scorecards get turned in, the, the judges deduct the point, and then the scorekeeper deducts a point as well. Oh. So now you've got a two-point deduction, and that ends up being uh, a, a basically um, 46, two times 47-46. So it was read out as two scores in favor of Magomed Medimedov at 47-46, when it actually should have been 47-47. So it was announced as a split decision loss. Um, it actually should have been a majority draw. So he should have been undefeated going into the fight oh, wow. with Aljamain Sterling. Now, they did appeal it, um, but uh, ACB uh, d denied the appeal, and there's not there's not exactly an athletic commission over there that, the, the, to, uh, to, to handle <laughs> these things. They... Things just get handled, if Things you know what I'm saying. Handled. They just get handled. No one loses face over there. There you go. So uh, hopefully, I, I know it may be a little bit difficult without seeing the actual scorecards. If you're interested in them, I can put the link up on patreon.com slash the Roadshow as well. But I, I did send that to you, Enrique. So, yes, the original fight uh, with Magomed Megamedov should have actually been a majority draw. Uh, be, but, unfortunately, that fifth-round point deduction was deducted twice. So hopefully that makes sense. It the, the it was a story that I really kind of wanted to write because I thought it was intriguing. Like this is a guy. It's kind of like like John Jones should be undefeated. You know what I mean? And so this was to me is like Peter Jan should be undefeated. And it was a story I wanted to write about, um, but just never really had time to do it. And then you have the DQ loss to Aljamain Sterling, and now I don't know if the if the story is quite as sexy as it would have been. It's like, well, he should be undefeated, but. Uh, he does have a disqualification, and this should have been so. It it, it kind of lost, so I'll probably mm -hmm. never. I'll probably never write about it. But <laughs> he should be undefeated. All right, what else you got, Cole Cobb? All right, well, this one, uh, it's more just like a dis. I think maybe sort of a discussion or Joe H Town just poking at Dana like he likes to do. Joe from H Town does like to poke at Dana. Yeah, he says thanks for helping us go viral, Morgan. Hmm. Dana talks about not be making guys get the vaccine, but he makes them wear what he wants, say what he wants, drug tests, and just about everything else. Why the two different orders? <laughs> I assume he says one, why the two different orders, but why the two orders align. Joe's always men. trying to stir the pot with Dana. Uh, yeah, you know, listen. Uh, first of all, the viral clip he's talking about is I was having a little fun with CM Punk, and there was a there was a fight on the prelims uh, where uh, a fighter continued to take down his opponent, and I was like, Punk, look at this man returning to his wrestling. You see what I'm saying, Punk? Returning to his wrestling, and Punk, without missing the beat, just drops. Looks all elite out there, so uh, dropping the AEW name in there. So, uh, yeah, it, it, Joe clipped that out, and it did start to make its way around the Internet a little bit. So, Joe from H-Town taking things viral. Um, all right, as far as Dana White maybe not necessarily being consistent in how he addresses these certain situations, uh, you know what's happening here. Come on, man, you get it. Uh, you Listen, the vaccination thing, um, you just you can't, right? I mean, you, you, you can't – I mean, I – 
everybody's trying to do their best right now. You can't get into places without vaccinations, but everything I've seen is that athletes, performers, et cetera, et cetera, are going to be given exceptions for this stuff. And that's what's going on right now with like Madison Square Garden. If you look at the, the law that's up there in New York, um, you know, everybody has to have the vaccine to, to, to be indoors in, in venues, but there is a, a written policy that says, except that if you're, you know, not part of the, the crew there, you know, if you're like a, a touring act, whether it be a musician or an athlete or, or, or whatever else. So, um, you know, this is a particularly sensitive topic for people. Obviously we've seen people not wanting to take the vaccine. So to try and require them to take the vaccine, uh, that's just, that's just not going to work. But yeah, as far as the rest of telling them, you know, what to wear, uh, he doesn't, I will say this, he, uh, Joe says, say what he wants. I will say this, Dana does a pretty good job of staying out of the telling people what or what not to say. But as far as you're absolutely right, drug testing, uh, wearing the uniforms, absolutely. But you know what? I just, I have a hard time battling this stuff anymore, man. These fighters, there's a lot of talk right now about fighter pay and what's fair and what's right. They gotta get together and do something about it, man. If they're if they're not gonna get together and do something about it, and I had, I had somebody the other day, you know, kind of chastising me for going too soft on Dana about fighter pay or whatever. It's like, listen, man, I, I'll get the quote, you know, I'll get the response to ask the questions. But um, these fighters, man, they they gotta organize, man. They gotta do something, and I I worry that uh, I worry that's not ever gonna happen. But uh, we'll see, we'll see. All right, listen, uh, we, real quick. Uh, the remainder of the main card at UFC on ESPN 29, uh, Austin Hubbard versus Vince Pichel. I think that's going to be a fun fight. It's about a toss-up, according to the odds makers. Vince Pichel, love talking to that guy, man. He's got the fantastic mustache, and he's got a great attitude. That that interview is, is definitely worth checking out. He's just an interesting character. And then a key flyweight matchup, Alessandro Pantoja versus Brandon Royval. That should be a barn burner of a fight and a big one at flyweight as well. You remember we talked to Brandon Moreno down in Houston, and he said – uh, you know, I don't really see a number one contender right now, a clear cut. You know, he's not really that intrigued by the Devison Figueredo uh, trilogy right away. He's like, dude, I just want to fight somebody else, but I don't see a clear number one contender right now. Uh, this would be a, a big, big fight, uh, to say the least. So, uh, fun, fun, fun main card. Uh, listen, I want to play uh, one more piece of audio for you this week. Um, I had a chance to catch up with uh, Misha Tate. Misha is actually part of the uh, Invicta FC 44 broadcast next Friday. That's August 27th. Uh, she's joining in the booth with Eves Edwards and TJ DeSantis. Uh, no longer on Fight Pass. They're actually on Fight TV now, so it's a pay-per-view event. But the prelims will be uh, free on Invicta's YouTube channel, so if you want to watch them there, uh, you can do that. But, uh, you know, listen, the fine folks in Invicta were like, hey, would you like to catch up with Misha Tate? You know, she's part of our broadcast team now, and, you don't turn down a chance to catch up a cupcake, right? Cupcake. Come on. So, Kata with Misha Tate, of course, we talked to her about uh, her role with Invicta, but uh, we did talk to her about everything else that's going on with her career and, and what's happening. So, here is, uh, here's Misha Tate. But Misha Tate, I, I got to ask, you just uh, you can't sit still, can you? You, uh, you got the <laughs> fighting, and now you're, uh, you're putting another job. You're going to be doing commentary at Invicta next week. So, how does it feel to be uh, taking on another role these days? Oh man, I know. I just think I just, I love hats. I just want to wear as many as I can. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, I'm really excited though, because I kind of dabbled. It, it's really the first place that I dabbled with uh, commentary, you know? So um, was Invicta back in the day. And recently they just celebrated eight years. And I just thought, hey, you know, Shannon, Shannon and I go way back you know, the founder, CEO of, of Invicta, she was working at Strikeforce and she was always somebody I remember who was just the little pit bull that would go to bat for the fighters. 
nothing has changed. <laughs> she is still that woman. And now with even an even more important presence, um, she is her own boss and she's helped so many women elevate their games and get to where they need to be because truthfully, um, she's right. We don't get the competition to build the resume, to get to the journey, wherever we want to be, whether it's Bellator, whether it's one championship, whether it's PFL, whether it's, I mean, look at, look at Kayla Harrison. I mean, she's just struggling to get that competition in there and the same, you know, to get to the UFC or get to these platforms. I mean, she's just created such a great foundation for so many fighters that, uh, if you've worked with her or been around her in any capacity, you you truly understand her passion for the sport and that, you know, she's one of the good guys. And yeah. uh, I, I appreciate that. So I'm really looking forward to working with her again. Yeah, it's kind of funny you touched on some things that I did want to ask you about with Invicta, right? Because, you know, a few years ago, there just wasn't any women's fights at all. So it's like it was a really needed platform. Now, you know, there's a lot of divisions. There are a lot of places, but I think you touched on it, right? I feel like girls are almost getting rushed a little too fast to the UFC, a little too fast to Bellator, a little, you know, wherever it may be. It's like they're in the spotlight at 3-0 and or something and trying to learn on, on the big stage. So I, I wonder if maybe the, the role of Invicta has changed a little bit, but if it's still maybe as relevant as it ever was, even when there weren't these women's divisions. Uh, I mean, we need places for women to go and get experience and, and, and real experience too. Um, because when you get to the, to, to the UFC, it's very sink or swim. And sometimes it's a one shot deal. It's a one chance opportunity. You know, um, my buddy and training partner, Kai Kamaka, you know, he just got cut and he took like three, two of those fights. I think were short notice or maybe all three were short notice fights. And, it's just very unforgiving. You know, business is business. Either you sink or you swim. And same thing goes here. So now these women have this great platform to, to um, yeah, to do. And a lot of them have, have chosen to stay because they're treated really well there. You know, she's awesome. I mean, I'm talking about, like, gift packages in your room. Like, you could just tell it's a female-run promotion. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? She's a mother. She's a woman. She's thoughtful. Like, there's like bath bombs you get in there and there's like the gift set and the welcome to Kansas city. You know I mean? She's just such an awesome person that it's always really fun and a pleasure to work with a, I, I want to say like-minded woman because she's been somebody who really, I have, I have looked up to you through the fight game just as a businesswoman with her smarts, but with her no bullshit attitude, you know, and, and she doesn't take any crap from anybody and she goes out and she gets what she wants done. And I remember when she was kicking this off eight years ago, and I remember thinking, I'm just not sure the red the world is ready for this. I'm not sure the MMA community is ready for an all-female show. I wanted her to succeed so bad, but I feared that she, you know, would run into all kinds of hurdles. And I'm sure she did, but you know, she jumped them and she's still well on her way eight years later. So I'm just excited to get back in the mix and get to be a part of this again. And um, I'm going to go back and see how much hopefully I've improved with my commentary since then. You know, I've been doing the radio show. I've been kind of learning how to slow down and deliver better. So I'm very excited to, um, yeah, to do this in Invicta FC 44 to commentate for it. That's awesome. So were you actually like actively looking to kind of get back into commentary again, or did they just come to you and you said, well, why not? Let's, let's, let's put more on the plate. 
All right. Yeah. I'm not busy enough. <laughs> I wasn't actually, I wasn't looking for it, but it, it is something that I would like to do at some point down the road. So my hair is all crazy and wet. I just showered. It came from training this top straight on this interview. So please excuse my informalities, but uh, we'll, we'll um, deal with it. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you guys, you know, you get the real deal when it comes to me. Um, so anyways, no, I wasn't looking for it. I was not uh, looking for it at this time, but it is something that I want to do. So, of course, when it came across my way, Shannon's shot me a message over on WhatsApp and she's like, hey, would you be interested? I'm like, absolutely. We actually tried to make this happen one time before, but it didn't work out for whatever reason I can't recall. So this time, date wise, it worked out and I'm so excited. I'm excited to watch the ladies fight. They always throw down. I mean, I think each woman here knows that there's so much on the line and we got two title fights and a lot of good action, a couple of girls that I'm, you know, ladies that I'm more familiar with and some that I'm really learning about, learning about for the first time. Yeah, no question. It's a nice mix. I mean, as you said, you know, Invicta's done a great job of developing kind of newcomers to the sport, but they're also doing, a, you know, taking some veterans and getting them some more experience as well. So it's a nice card. Are you, are you, you know, hardcore research, like watching tape and reading up on these things? Or do you just go and say, <laughs> I'm Misha Tatum, former UFC champ. I know the game. I, I, we'll just talk about what we talk about. You know, I'm confident that once the fight starts, I'll be able to break it down very well for everybody. But of course, I want to know these ladies. I, you know, I don't want to just talk about fight. I want to be able to give a little history. I want to be able to really delve into who they are as a person because it's fun to follow a storyline, even during a fight, right? The reason why you might be a little more interested in this one or a little root a little more for her, or you might identify with this. So um, certainly I'm getting familiar with these women, you know, looking at them on Instagram and following their social medias and watching their interviews and kind of seeing where they're at in their careers. So I'm having fun learning about them and I hope to deliver more than just, you know, during the fight knowledge. I want to, you know me, I always like to do my job the best I can do it. I was putting pressure on myself, whether it's mommy or fighter or, you know, radio, serious XM radio show host or all that stuff. I, I definitely do my fair share of research. Yeah, no question. Now, the the thing is, is this a, is this a one off and then see what happens? Or do you think are you signing up to be a part of the team for a while? Right now, we just have this one in the books, and that's it. So hopefully if I do a good job and Shannon likes how I sound and everybody can appreciate my commentary, then maybe we'll make this a more regular thing for the pay-per-view events. So, um, yeah, and this one is the pay-per-view, August 27th, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, everybody, if you want to watch it, right, uh, which you should, um, I try to catch as many of the Invicta events as I can. But uh, you guys can catch it on your regular pay-per-view providers or stream it on, I think it's Fight TV, yep. fighttv.com. So. Fight TV, no doubt. We'll be looking forward to it. Hey, got to ask you, obviously, about uh, your career. You're back. Uh, you're fighting in victorious. It was a great moment. You've had a chance to digest it a little bit. You almost had another fight the next week, it seemed like. Aspen Ladd was calling you out. Did, right. Was, did that was there any was there any I mean did you consider that at all was there any possibility of that happening it seemed a little sudden but I, I know you as well I, I wondered right? if you at least thought about it man of course I thought about it I was like midway through a cinnamon roll I was like <laughs> wait what <laughs> I kid you not I was like halfway through a cinnamon roll I got the I, I got this the message um and I thought I was like, it was um, Thursday, like 6 p.m. And weigh-ins were Friday at 9 a.m. And I was like, you know, I was like, gosh, I went and stepped on the scale. I was like, don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> 
I, not so much the fight. The fight was very intriguing, but just making sure I could be a pro true professional, show up, make way. You got to, you know, factor all that stuff in. I had taken the whole week off. I was in the worst diet part of my, you know, that one week. It's like the one week you get to just, you know, eat all the food that you want and, and relax and whatever. So I um, called my coaches and I said, I'm thinking about doing this. Am I crazy? They're like, you're crazy. <laughs> they're like just trying to make the weight by the next morning and then you know all these things so they're like uh do it at you know do it at a later date so i was like um you know i was it was kind of one of those things that we just thought as a collective team that it was probably smarter to wait yeah <laughs> yeah it seemed like a little far-fetched of an idea yeah, but i just yeah i knew that you do because it fit right what you wanted right you said hey i need like I one know. more and then we'd be so it's like the I, perfect I really, name i really considered it because i like the matchup i have a lot of respect for aspen lad i think she's a great opponent and you know very different like she likes to come forward she's aggressive and i i love that kind of fight because it always brings out the best in me you know and as opposed to marion who's more technically sound and calculated and she likes to kind of stay away until she can get what she wants done you know aspen line is very different than that and um i mean i hope that i can we can get that fight at some point i would really like that yeah it really seems to be one that makes sense like i said i like the idea of it but doing it that soon didn't make sense i did see you you, you were kind of hitting at madison square garden saying that that looks like a nice place so i want to ask you about that is that is it just that platform of being in New York City, the, you know, the legendary MSG, or is it that date on the right. calendar that makes sense? What What is it about that one that appeals to you? Well, the idea of running it back exactly five years since I had retired there was kind of like, okay, that, that seems to make a lot of sense, you know? But then I found out it, I lose 15% more of my purse just for fighting in New York. Plus, I have to have a COVID vac vaccine. And I, I just don't like, you know, surprise, surprise. I don't like being told what to do. Um, so I just decided, you know what? I'm probably not going to gun for that card right now, but I still want to fight in November. So maybe the week after or the week after that mid-November, right? Mid-November sounds great. Then I can eat all I want for Thanksgiving and enjoy Christmas. Like there's been so many cards that I have fought on the New Year's card that I'm like, a mid-November card sounds like perfect. That's awesome. You know, you touched about fighting on the exact same platform where you retired. Does it feel like like you need to exercise some demons or something? Is there something you need to address? Or I mean, does that need to happen at some point? It it did when I first thought about it. I was like, it just sounded so right, like destiny wise. And then of course I was thinking, oh, Madison Square Garden. And then what if I could fight Raquel there again? I was like, wouldn't that be perfect? <laughs> right? Exactly five years later. But you know what? I'm never somebody who's too stuck on that part of it because really that's, that's you know, such a small, what matters is that I get a fight and I get an opponent and it, and it, and it's just, it's right for me. Um, so I don't worry too much about the nuances, although it, it sounded real nice for a minute, but I think overall, what's more important for me is that I'm in a good mindset and a good place and fighting a good opponent and that's it. So maybe not Madison Square Garden this time around, but maybe maybe one time before the career is all said and done. You know, I, I have a different approach a little bit this time. I used to think all those things were so important and they are, you know, fighting on the I don't care about fighting on a pay-per-view anymore. Like I, I, I don't care. I just want to get wins and I want to get back to the title. I don't care about doing as much of the media and press and having I used to everyone would be like jump and I would just be like how high like how much can I cram into my life and my schedule and now it's like you know one interview a day 
maybe two max if it's like they're short interviews. And I just have to learn to say no. Before I used to think I had to say yes to everything and everybody and every obligation. And I really spread myself thin. Now it's like, guys, I got kids. I got new priorities. <laughs> I got things I got to do. Um, I got to train. I got to make that uh, obviously big, big priority in my life. So no, I don't care about that stuff as much as I used to. You know, I used to think I got to take advantage and make the most and maximize every single situation. Now I'm like, it'll come. It, it You know, what's meant to be will be. If I focus on being the best uh, fighter, you know, I'm going to be a champion again. All, all you guys will be there waiting for my questions and my answers and, uh, you know, the opportunities and the pay-per-views and those will come. So I'm not in a hurry. But I'm also not wanting to waste too much time either. I want to get, I want to stay active with my fighting, and that's where the focus lies. Could not care less if it was a fight night card. I don't care if I'm on the undercard. I don't care if I'm on a pay per view. I don't care if I'm in the main event. I've done it all, seen it all. I'm ready for it all. But I have no pride in this anymore. I just want to win and be the best. Something tells me you won't be on the undercard of a fight night. I'm just saying, but I didn't <laughs> care less but, if I was. <laughs> no, it's amazing. I think back, you know, all the pressure and all that, man, you know, you and Rhonda, as y'all were kind of ascending to the top and really bringing women's MMA to the forefront, you girls were stretched awfully thin back then. I mean, it seems like they, they ran you out everywhere. Did you enjoy that time? Or like in retrospect, was it, was it fun or did you really kind of not like the whole time? I thought it was necessary. I can't say that I enjoyed that. You know, when you're, when you have so much already that you're trying to balance and then you, you're trying to do all of the extras and I really didn't know how to say no to anything or delay it. I just thought I had to do it all. Um, but now it's just a different, different point. You know, I realized in life that th these things will, will be there and the opportunities are not necessarily missed just because I'm putting it off or I'm putting other things that are more important in my life, uh, getting the most out of my training. I mean, I have these apps that monitor like how well I sleep, how stressed I am, my recovery. And I just realized when you add all these things and you're just taxing yourself to the max, it really does affect your training. I didn't know that before because I didn't have these tools. I just thought I've got to do everything I can at full speed. <laughs> and I kind of turned into a wrecking ball, but I kind of wrecked myself in the process and it was just really spread too thin. So now I'm just trying to balance everything the best that I can. And I have way more on my plate now than I did even then, but I'm better at managing these things. Like, like I said, you know, the interviews have got to be when it works for me. And, you know, I just try to put myself as a priority, you know, in this second chapter of my career. And I sound silly, but I didn't do that in the first, first go around. I didn't know to do that. Yep. No, I think that's fantastic advice. I mean, obviously not just for fighters, but just for people in life, you know, prioritizing and, you know, yeah. mental health and happiness. You seem so much happier Absolutely. and just, lighter you know what i mean if you want to use that as a word this time that around was the so. word i used I, I try to describe that to people going into my next fight i said you are going to see a lightness in me in the octagon and it's going to represent where i'm at in my life you know i'm not this plotty heavy uh kind of flat-footed fighter like i'm gonna come out there and you guys are gonna see me float around and move different than i ever have before and i just knew that because the way my training was going but i didn't know how much the outside really is was going to affect what went on the inside until I was really getting through my training camp. And I'm like, I'm way different. I was looking at videos of my old sparring, you know, when I was at the peak, when I was the champ, when I was doing all these things, I'm like, 
I didn't move like I move now. I'm, I'm literally, I'm legitimately better now. Like I believed, like I would kick my own ass back then. And that's how I look at it. So I look at these things. And I'm like, this is, there's no denying the proof is in the pudding, the, the numbers, what I'm able to lift, what I'm able to do, the anaerobic thresholds I'm able to push past. But I have such, I have built such a good team around me now that um, nothing's taking away for the first time. There's no one else I'm fighting except for the woman standing across the octagon. That's awesome. Well, hopefully we'll see a big fight uh, mid-November. I'm sure there'll be some some names out there for you. In the meantime, you'll be on the microphone for Invicta FC 44. I believe the prelims are on YouTube. Main card is on Fight TV. You still got the Sirius XM show going, right? Yes. Is there anything else people need to know? I know you said you're, <laughs> you're balancing yourself, but you still got a lot going. Anything else people need to know about? Yes, coming soon. I'll be launching a YouTube channel. Oh, I have my YouTube channel up, but I'm launching a series that will let people more in on my life because... I love my MMA fans. Don't get me wrong, but I have like 86% male following on Instagram. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> but look, I love my, I know, I know, but I love my ladies. Like I'm a mom. I'm still, I'm still nursing my son. I've got so many, I'm very domestic outside of fighting. I love to fight because I'm a competitor, but I'm com the most competitive mom. I, I love to cook. I love to bake. I love to, I clean my house. I wash my own toilets. Like I do all this stuff. That's like, probably some people don't care about, but maybe some people would think it that, you know, they, that I'm not so different. I think sometimes women look at me and they're like, Oh, she's just, she, I could never No, Like we are two in the, we are the same. Like there's a warrior inside every woman. And I want people in general to be able to identify with the different facets of me, Misha Tate, the complete person, not just me as a fighter, everything that I am. And so that'll be coming. Hopefully we'll be able to launch it maybe around September. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, you'll see my engagement. I'm going to be trying on wedding dresses. We're going to be shopping for wedding venues. We do all this awesome stuff that you guys, you know, exclusive content. You don't get to see otherwise. You get to see my workouts. Cool. You get to see me punching people in the face. You already know I do that. What else? What else can I offer that's, you know, that you guys will let you in a little bit on on the life that's Misha Tate? That's awesome. Well, good luck with that project. Appreciate it. Obviously, we'll be tuned in to Invicta. And uh, thank you for fitting me in your busy day and let me be the one or possibly two <laughs> interviews that you accepted today. Absolutely. All right. You take care. It's always good talking to you. Right, always good to hear from Misha Tate there. Uh, she had told me, by the way, that she, she was really looking at the uh, the idea of the Ketlin Vieira Sediment Man uh, matchup next week. Uh, the winner of that is probably a good next step for her, you know, assuming they could come out healthy. But uh, Sediment Man, unfortunately, is out of that. So I don't know if, if, if they're going to get a replacement opponent for Ketlin Vieira at this point. Uh, but we'll have to see how that plays out. So. Um, hopefully we'll see her back in in November, like she said. Um, all right, listen, uh, did want to mention, I mean, obviously, uh, PFL is kind of going on while we're recording this, so I had promised that we get Danny Segura to, to help break down uh, a PFL, but unfortunately, I, I forgot that this week's was a Thursday. They go back to Friday next week, so we'll get Danny uh, yeah. Segura next week. Um, he's been he's been out there, you know, he's living in Florida now, so he's been kind of living the PFL beat the last couple of weeks. Uh, so we'll get Danny get Segura again. Talk about Joel. 
Romero. <laughs> Romero. Uh, yeah, we'll get, we'll, get, we'll get Danny Segura on to, to talk some PFL next week. And I was going to get Nolan King to talk some Bellator this week. Obviously, Bellator is Friday night. He didn't make the trip up to South Dakota, so he's he'll be at home covering this one. But uh, it's kind of a uh, – I'll be honest, it's not <laughs> the greatest card. Yeah, I bet he's not sad. Yeah, I bet yeah, he's yeah. not sad. It's not the greatest card in history. And, of course, they lost the, the fight that I was I, I thought was one of the best fights of the entire weekend across all three promotions um, was, was Borks versus Wilson. You know, and J.J. Wilson yeah. actually came in – Overweight, significantly overweight. I think four and a half pounds oh. uh, overweight or four pounds. That fight was was scratched. And uh, man, I like JJ. He's a good kid, but you know he's missed weight a couple of times now. Um, so we got to kind of aren't you picking that one? Iron this if you don't thing mind out. Me, if you don't mask, I picked JJ on that one. I think I'd pick JJ. On that. I can't. I can't remember. That, but you're you right. That fight I, was gangbusters. If I did pick JJ, it was it's definitely a homer pick because I do like Borks. So both those yeah. guys are legit. I mean, man. Adams. Legit. Adams bad. I was I mean, torn up on that one. That's one of those ones I think a lot of people are wondering, like, why put those two against each other? Because right. they're both, like, super studs that That's with it. a lot of career to go. I was surprised like <laughs> to see it when they put them together, yeah. but I was, like, I was loving it, but I yeah. was also like, ooh, they, they you know. Seem, well, I guess the UFC does it every once in a while, too, but I think sometimes they, that they don't. But I know we always question when other promotions, like, kill off their studs yeah. before, they're, 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 before they've ever had a chance to really blossom. But that was one. But you're right. I, I remember seeing this post, you know, that it was fucking that it was fight was off, but I didn't really think about it. But now you remind me, I'm like, oh, that sucked. That I was really t- looking forward to that. That to me was honestly one of the best fights best of, the fights of the weekend across all three cards, For man. Sure. That was unquestioned sure. about. So I was bumming down. So anyway, so I ended up not having Nolan on. We'll get you know he, he's he's at home this week. We'll give him a week off. Well, I'll continue to bring him on more to to talk about Bellator cards because he's been kind of a de facto Bellator beat reporter, you know, with everything that's that's going on. So uh, all right, listen. Uh, before we wrap up, we have one last set of questions, didn't we? I believe so. We did. Uh, let me hop back over there. And then, who, I guess who we didn't we have get? that. Oh, no, this one. We didn't yeah, have this that notated a, in our pre-fight notes. It's like you weren't ready there for no, our I was, pre-meeting. Or, uh, the Busy Bond over here in the Slack channel was asking me about some stuff. So I was reading that. I apologize. I apologize. Busy Work bond. never you just, never stops. You just, you, just, you just pulled back the curtains on that one, by the way. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah in Slack. In, in our company Slack chat, Mike Bond is. Busy Bond. Busy Bond. Because he's always busy working. Good man. All right, uh, this one, Daniel. It's like a, a, a few questions. All right, I think rapid fire, him. rapid fire. All right, uh, thanks again, boys, for opening the bat line for us. As usual, I don't know where that accent just came from, <laughs> but he said tanks instead of thanks, so I immediately want to go. Is that Patty Pimlet over there, thanks again, boys, <laughs> for opening the bat line. As usual, I have more than one question. Can you all share a street fight story? Enough of the pan. We want aggressive Morgan. Damn it. Uh, so there's uh, – should I just read all of them? All right, no, we'll start, start there. So I'll be honest with you. I haven't been in a street fight uh, basically since high school, man. Yeah, I, high school. I, 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 I was a very angry young kid in high school that I don't know why, but I just hated the world and wanted to fight, um, and I was angry, and I didn't get in a lot of fights. Um, but since then, I've calmed down. You know, one, one, one of my favorite uh, – I guess you would call it a fight um, – was on the soccer field. Uh, when a player uh, from a team continued to yank my jersey, yank my jersey, yank my jersey, and I was like, "If you pull my, if you pull my jersey one more time, I'm gonna knock you out." And he pulled my jersey, and I turned around and that's soccer, though, slugged right? Slugged him, dude. I Isn't that what just, you do in soccer? Yeah, you Isn't do. That they- <laughs> but I just slugged him because they can't touch you, but they can and touch they, your jersey. So I, right? I got red carded and kicked <laughs> off. The, I, I, and and, and the, the entire crowd was yelling uh, assault and battery at me. We were wow. we were playing we were playing a uh, a much nicer uh, high suburb, high nice, dollar. Nice, yeah, nice yeah they, they were so the very uh, you, were, you were playing the Bishop Gorman. The a very affluent <laughs> crowd was yelling assault and battery at me as they kicked me off the field. And then one of the last fights I ever got into was. Um, 
Um, now, listen, I've had some moments along the way over the years where we found ourselves in some situations. Yeah. And I've always kind of, like, squared up and, like, I, not the one instigating, but, like, making sure that, like, if my boy's about to get into something, like, I'll have his back. But yeah. I, I try to avoid it, man. It's just not worth it. It's play, man, you can get shot out there and stuff like that. But my, la- my, my last fight that I got into was with, with, was with a handful of police officers. Um, yeah. Yeah, I had I, uh, I, had a couple run-ins. Screw them boys in blue. I had had a couple run-ins with the local police where I grew up in DeSoto, Texas. And uh, one day, uh, I was walking outside my apartment. I moved out when I was uh, six. My mom's going to hate that I'm even talking about this. I was I had a screwed-up childhood. Uh, but I moved out very young, and I had my own apartment. But anyway, one day, uh, I was walking outside. This is I, just, I think it was just after my senior year of high school, actually. And I was walking outside, and a police officer was there responding to uh, in my apartment complex to a domestic violence call. But it was not me. It was somebody. There was, a, there was an active domestic violence call that they responded to. So they saw me. Um, and I guess they thought I was the suspect. So they asked me to turn around and put my hands behind my back. Well, I had been arrested a couple times, and I'm like, I'm not doing that. So I just turned around and started to walk off. And he was like, turn back around and put your hands behind your back, like to face him. And I didn't want to. I just wanted to go back in. But finally I was like, all right, he kept yelling at me, kept yelling at me. So I turned around. As soon as I turned around with my hands behind my back and faced him, he maced me. And uh, so I just, I, being a dumb 18-year-old, I just started cussing and yelling at him. And then he came to try to arrest me, and I, I wasn't going to let him. And then I just started swinging and going crazy, and a handful of police officers detained me. And so like, that 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 fight didn't go my way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I I pulled the L on that one. Uh, yeah. But yeah, after the trouble I got in with all that, I was just like, this is stupid. Like, quit being. I, the guy I am now, it's crazy to think of what I was when I was a kid. I was an idiot, but fortunately I've yeah. calmed down. So no good street fight stories lately. There you go. I heard one where Kenny almost shot nah, somebody, but I know, we won't but talk I, about I, it. We won't talk about that. <laughs> Let's go to number two. What What are y'all's take on Yana Kuniskaya allegedly fighting while pregnant? Saw that. Uh, I never thought she was pregnant. Uh, all all women uh, have to take a pregnancy. As part of the pre-fight medicals, especially here in Nevada, you have to take a pregnancy test. Um, you know, I suppose there could be a mistake in it, but, uh, you know, I, I, I heard some people say, like, oh, she looks like she's too far along. There's no way. That, I, I just don't – A, I don't think she would do it. Yeah. Um, so there's no need to, you know, it's not like they're in some dire financial straits where she's got to make this, uh, paycheck right now or not, you know, um, and, and B, they, they make you take a pre-fight pregnancy test as a woman. So, uh, you, if you're pregnant, you, you can't compete. You can't fight, right? So, uh, I, I thought people were overreacting to that. Yeah. And there it is. So if you can't fight if you're pregnant, there you go. And also too, she knows her body better than us. Whatever case, if a doctor says she can do whatever the fuck she wants, she can do whatever the fuck That's she right. wants. That's right. And it was interesting. But if she didn't show up as pregnant, then there it is. Right it is there. interesting that you she know. felt the need to come out and address it. You know what I mean? That she actually posted the picture. But you know, you good know, for her. I mean, we are so. It's a it's a a, a discussion that I'm no I will alienate a ton of people. You know, it's funny like. We are so keen to want to pay attention to women and what they do with their bodies, you know, where let the women and let their doctors decide what they want to do. You know, uh, you know who else pays a lot of attention to what women do and what they do with their bodies? Who's that? The Taliban. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, I was going to alienate a lot of people. I was not expecting that. That took a sudden turn. (laughs) Sudden turn. You know who else wants to control women and their bodies? The Taliban. (laughs) Stop it, folks, or I'm going to call you Taliban. Wow. All right, let's go to number three. (laughs) Any update on Brian Carraway? Last I read, he was going to court over the bikes he and Misha had together or something like that. Or was it? Yeah, they had some property dispute bikes, over. Uh, I think it was. Uh, yeah, it was, it was ATVs, like four ATVs, wheelers. ATVs, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, they had some property disputes. That was a. That was just a bad situation, man. Obviously, you've heard Misha come out and talk to it about a lot more. I mean, 
she's kind of throwing him under the bus without ever mentioning specifically his name, but but you know exactly what she's talking about. Uh, they had a very rough breakup, man. <laughs> she didn't say his name. She just said my ex. Yeah. Yeah, she just said, I was around some toxic people. You know, yeah. they, they, they had a, a very unfortunate – uh, ending to their relationship. I think he's married now. I think he's. he's Is with he the, really? Yeah, I think he got married oh, to a new brother. Him. Brian's actually a really wonder, good dude. Brian's super, super nice. He's I mean, a super good dude. It's, just, it's one of those things where, like, you know, and who hasn't had this in their life, right? Where you're like, I like that guy. I like this girl. Unfortunately, together they suck. You, you know, know what I mean? But, but, apart, but I but still friendly, like them both. They're great, and yeah. that's that's kind of how it was. They, I mean, you gotta admit, you think about where they started and where they went to, and all that went along, and. Uh, man, the pressures of fighting, and oh man, it was just—it was a lot for both of them. I'm sure both of them have regrets about the way that relationship played out, but yeah. I don't think that was really any like. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, technically, it's theft, but it's not really theft. It's more just like a property dispute over who owns what and who paid yeah. for what, and that's. And it's just—it's super complicated. So, short answer. I don't know legally what happened with that. Long answer, I can tell you as a longtime Las Vegas resident and 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 a lot of people that saw kind of that whole relationship play out here, um, those are two two both very good human beings um, that unfortunately just had kind of a toxic uh, breakup. At yeah, the end, but at least on the positive side, you you said he's happily married now. Happily hopefully. married now, yeah, good, yeah. And she seems absolutely happily married. So you know that happy ending both ways. That's it. Happy ending. It worked out good. All right, listen. That's uh, it. We've been we've been we've been rambling long enough. Hopefully, you enjoyed our stories of what happened last week. We'll have full coverage this week. By the way, I do want to say, and uh, I'll shout out to Joe from H Town as the one that got me into. It. I've been watching the the Dark Side of the Ring stuff. I, I, oh, I saw. I've I, been watching I've a lot some. of these. They're Woo! on. They're on. Uh, I think they're on Hulu. So I've been watching so a lot God, of these. Good. It's really good that's work. Good. It's done. It does make me wonder. Are we sure this is the business that we want to be copying? Man, they got some <laughs> problems in that business. Uh yeah, so I guess I guess tune into All Elite Wrestling on on Friday. If yeah. my man Punk I'm on, is I'm coming f- back, I think two or three episodes in, but that oh, just, it's good. just it's after good. two or three, it's, it's like, on Hulu. Holy cow. Because it was Vice uh, that creates those. I thought they were like I thought you had to like have some subscription to some Vice uh, or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, they're yeah. on Hulu. So if you've ever wanted to watch the Dark Side of the Ring stuff, it's on Hulu. So um, good. It, they are really really well done. So good. And uh, yeah, man, the wrestling business has some crazy crazy stuff. And I guess like I said, if my man Punk is coming back, then uh, I guess I'll. I guess I'll have to watch. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll ha- damn it! I'm gonna have to. I haven't watched wrestling since I was eight years old, uh, but I'll have to watch my man yeah. CM Punk someday. Hopefully, they'll have those stories of the LFC, and they'll have us in there, and they'll have the documentary. Vice will come oh, and like. Remember back when you don't want uh, them exposing that dark co- side. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> Just expose the backside. In a little. <laughs> it's like, why is every episode about cold coffee? I don't get. Is it? <laughs> Is he the only dark side of this whole thing? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> oh, awesome. All right. Well, it's good to be back. It's been a while since we've been together. Uh, it's good to be back. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see you all over on Patreon.com slash the Road Show for the and a half after this week's episode. For everybody else, thanks for listening.